podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Spark innovation across your federal agency with IT hardware, software, and services from Connection Public Sector Solutions. Your technology procurement challenges will meet their match as Connection's dedicated account managers offer exceptional customer service. And our extensive list of supported federal contracts means you'll always get a price that works for your budget. Learn more about innovation for your agency with Connection Public Sector Solutions at connection.com slash fed contracts. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Good evening and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers Friday forecast. Yes, Friday forecast. I know all the players run into themselves and we don't know what's what. It's actually Monday today, but yeah, it's the Friday forecast. Look, it's Christmas. The days are all over the place. Fixtures come and take class. We just said, right, we'll have to, we have a full program coming up, so we'll have to squeeze the Friday forecast. We could have changed the name of it, but no, at the Day Trippers were are stringent with these things. It's the Friday forecast and that's it. End of story. I'm the host and I keep um I'm joined by Gar Brain. Gar, how are you? Good kid, good, great. Actually, thank you. Yeah, good, good bit of uh, memorabilia behind you, looking good. Uh, we'll we'll talk about that I'm sure as it goes on. I'm joined by Chris. Chris, how's things? Top of the world, mate. Top of the world. Top of the league, some would say. Oh, I can't talk about that, mate. Ah, yeah, no, sure. After the young day, we'll have a we'll have a chat about that as well. And Paul again, regular in these these uh this parish these days. How are you? Very well, mate. How are you? You good? Good, good. No bother. We're over the 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 nonsense of yesterday, and we're on to a new dawn, a new day, and I'm feeling good. Um, so. This is the Friday forecast. Uh, this show is brought to you by Colossus Bets. Colossus Bets, it's, it's been, we've been advertising it for a while. It's a, a betting app that you sign up to when you join in with the syndicate. You sign up with the, uh, the code LFCDT and you join our syndicate and you can put in, um, predictions for the, the, the games that, that the lads are picking. It's, it's coming along great. You know, there's, we've got three games as, as part of the syndicate this week and there's a, a lot of predictions in for those so we'll talk about them as they come but if you can all the details are in the show description sign up don't forget sign up with the code LFCDT and that'll put you into into our um, stratosphere and that and you'll be able to join into our syndicate with that but look it's, it's a bit of crack it's something new it's very interesting if, if betting your team get stuck in if it's not it's not but if it's something you'll be interested in give it a go uh, and as I said don't forget to use LFCDT so the Friday forecast. 
we've got seven games. We had two, we had supposedly three games today, but one was called off. And we'll talk about that later on. But we had two matches today. Um, so we've seven to get through for the rest of the week. I'll come back to today's games at the end, lads. We'll just we'll just go through our um no, do you know what we'll do it at the start. We'll do it at the start. Um two two games today, two interesting games today. Um Gar, I'll start with you. So we had uh, the first game was left out against Palace. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was an interesting team selection by Brendan today, wasn't it? He he rested a lot of players and Yeah, rest of Vardy, you know, obviously the, the age thing comes to it, I suppose. Um the the couple of fixtures rolling into one as well. I suppose you have to worry about we, we, we've seen enough players break down over the last few months. So if you take Vardy's age and, and the way he does play in, into into where uh, into the, the I suppose the main of things he, he could be one of those who you know who who could put up with a hammy or or or, or a quad injury easily enough because the way the pace he plays at he's he's a mile a minute in fairness to him. Yeah. Um, thought Palace set up strange enough as well. Uh, you know, one of the guys right Ezzy quite highly. Yeah, he didn't start out, and he, he, in fairness, he had been quite good in a, a couple of games that I'd seen him at the start of the season, but he was dropped as well, wasn't he? Um. And and, and Schlupp and Schlupp and Townsend were playing the wings as well. So no, they they went for a bit of pace as well. Uh, Chaudry came in for Leicester, didn't he? And Amart went to centre half. Yeah, uh, so it was ma- weird, major change at Leicester. Ozzy Perez was in Ianacho, Dennis Proyet, and then Palace Mendy, Hamza Chaudry, Amarte yeah. into centre back, and Luke Thomas in at left full. I mean, it is a lot. I think Brendan done the same thing at the same time last season because we played them on um, Stevens' day slash Boxing Day. And people were expecting him to make a lot of changes, but he didn't. But he did do it after that. So I think it, it must be yeah. a thing that Brendan sort of does during the the Christmas period that he, he sort of whacks in. Um, was he testing uh, their substitute keeper by any chance to see if he was leaking teams? <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> quite possibly. We'll say nothing, but yeah, very, very true, very true. Um, we won't dwell too much on this one, lads, but it was a one-all draw. And it was, you know, Palace went 1-0 up and... Leicester got back, but but they they popped off the Leicester. In fairness, like they they really did give them a bit of a shelling. But again, it just goes to show all the contenders in this league are dropping points. You know, so we dropped points yesterday. Everybody is dropping points, and people don't like to hear that. But 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 everyone else is doing it. Everyone put their hand in a fire with you. No, but the point is, it's not a catastrophe when you you drop a couple of points. So you know, we just have to keep that in mind. Second game of the day, um. Paul, I'll let you have a little chat on this one, was Chelsea against Villa. So, Villa, title contenders, forget about Chelsea, they're pretenders, but a good a good win, um, or a good draw, sorry, there as well. Chelsea got 1-0 up, but Villa, what I saw of it, Villa looked a much better team second half. Did you see any of the game? I didn't see much of the game, I just saw the odd bit here or there, but you know, I watched quite a bit of the previous game of Villa's, where they went down to 10 men and basically just looked a million dollars here. In fact, he played better with 10 men than he did with 11. So when you've got that level of organisation and also motivation, when you're coming up against a team like Chelsea at the moment, who just don't even look like they know what day it is. And I include the manager in that because it's like they've just got no understanding of what their best 11 is. And to be honest with you, I think the big one for for Chelsea is, is Ziyech. Ziyech, like they've got to get him fit and firing because I actually think he's their best player. 
along with Pulisic by a mile. But whatever's like going on with Werner and Kai Havertz, they really need to sort that out very, very quickly because there's been a lot of money spent on those two and you would have liked to have seen more by now. I get that it takes time. In some cases, it can take up to a whole season. But Chelsea are a team with the the status and the project where they don't have the luxury of time. So these results are very, very concerning uh, to a club like Chelsea because really they, they should be doing much, much better. Uh, it's frustrating from my perspective. Obviously, I'm, I'm sure we'll get onto it later on with the Liverpool game. But, you know, I, I liken a lot of these contenders to crabs in a bucket, quite frankly. They're all kind of dragging each other down as one tries to make a break for the for the rim of the bucket. And it's really annoying that we're not just an absolute mile ahead while everyone else is doing our dirty work for us, uh, where Liverpool's concerned. But yeah, Chelsea for me are just reverting to type a little bit. They're not really... You know, the the flat again, like like I said when we did the contenders show last week, they're flattering to deceive. They look great on paper, but the reality is very different. Yeah. Uh, Harry Gilliam throws in a uh, Gilliam throws in his chat, a uh, super chat there. Thanks very much, Harry. Lucky Chelsea out of the toilet race. Lamps is gone. I think Harry is a Chelsea fan. And he actually throws in another one. Um just bring just bring a helps in for the fan's sake, Lamps out of his depth. We're going to get screw versus Man City and we're not informed. Frank is tactically naive. We'll happily talk about Frank and Chelsea. But Chris, what do, what's going on with them? What, like, is, is it a threat of Lampard going or is he too much of a, 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 an English darling, a media darling and a Chelsea darling to get the bullet? Or is he in serious trouble there? If he wasn't English, he'd be gone already. That's my opinion with him. Um, I think he's out of his depth. Um, we all know the reason he got the job was because they had a transfer ban. So it's a lot easier of a transfer to have an, a, an ex-player because it'll take the pressure. Whereas if they'd left um, the previous guy there, sorry, they all hated him. Although surprised, although unsurprisingly, they had a better record on the sorry. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's what it is. I mean, it'd be like us if we got a transfer ban, there was no clock, we'd, brought, we'd bring in like a Gerard just because everyone would go, oh, give him a bit of time. But he's got no excuse now. You know, that side he's got his brilliant. The problem they've got is as Paul's already alluded to, their two best players are Ziyech and Pulisic, but they are like us, probably 14-15, where it was always like, well, if we get Daniel Sturridge fit, we'll be fine, because he was our ace in the hole. Mm. Their two aces in the hole, unfortunately, can't stay fit, and we've got the similar problem with centre-backs. But, you know, I understand why he had to do today. He had to rotate because of the 48-hour gap. That makes sense. It does make a bit of a mockery of this fantastic depth they had, because I watched quite a bit of the second half, uh, Grealish tore that defence apart at times. Yeah. You know, I, you know, look, he does go down very easily. We know we know that's how right. he plays, but that's what a lot of forwards do. But they couldn't get near him, you know. And, you know, Villa were well worth a draw. And, you know, at times could have nicked it. And I'll be honest, in the last two, three games, the keeper hasn't looked the most um, assured. Oh, he's, not a, he's not a kid, though, is he? He's 28, isn't he? Yeah. And I oh, think if Kepa, and if Kepa had done some of those things, I'm not sure. You know, look, he might turn up good. He's still new to the league, but you know, I think he tried to tackle his own player on the um, on the goal on the the byline to give a corner away. I'm just bananas. Very erratic, yeah, very erratic, very yeah. erratic. So the only thing with Chelsea is they actually might get a win against City because if the game does have to go ahead, which the rules are, it should probably should. City got to have at least three or four outs. Yeah. So that's his opportunity. But we see this forward Lampard. You know, he went to United away at the perfect time when United were absolutely hopeless in no form. 
and he just sat back like it was a relegation battle and thought, I'll take a nil-nil. Yeah. With that sort of attacking force, he's got at some point you've got to have a go. We had that with West Brom last night. They played yeah. dead, but in the second half, like I love Allardyce, you know, I'm also loathing. They did pick their moments and have a go, and you know, they got their goal and they had one they had another good chance just off the young kid Reese Williams. But that's West Brom. You know, you, you expect West Brom to play dead and hopefully get a couple of counters. The players Chelsea have got, they should be doing miles better. Yeah. Chris, you'll, like- look, you'll look at that story today, right? You've got Christensen and Rudiger at centre half. Like they're about woeful. I'm not, I'm not being dis- you know, disrespectful to Chelsea. They're about woeful. They're not good enough to be, you know, to be. If we, as for the Quetta is about 84 now, right? So he's finished, lads. Right? <laughs> Um, Chilwell is obviously a, t- a huge talent. They're still playing in Golo Kante and Jorginho centre mid. It looks like Mason Mount is always being pushed in, obviously, because he's the, the bright young talent there. They can't play Havertz in the right position at times, it seems to me. He should don't be there. They don't care. He should play with, either play with two hold midfielders and play Havertz, but then he can't play Mount. Yeah, so and that's the problem. Play. He has but, the pigeon hole mounted yeah, in the wings yeah. then. That's not going to happen. And he's the same with his wingers, where he's he's chopping and changing the two wide men all the time. Pulisic has shown his talent. What, in a couple of games, that's, you can probably put on five hands where yeah. Pulisic is actually being out of this world. Yeah. No, that's um, true. Yeah. Uh, Hudson, Hudson Audi, again, another in, in, bright English talent. Look, we're hearing all this Lampard is great with, with young kids. Look, that, that kid Tamori's on the bench and he was flying last year. Yeah. He's on his way to the sort. He's on his way to the lead, and we hadn't. Yeah, I think he could be, couldn't he? And we hadn't seen him. So you know, yeah. and Thiago Silva comes out of the side today, and they're missing organisation and a bit of leadership. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? Thirty-six year old centre back, and he's out of the team, and they're just absolutely gone. It just goes to show. Now Hardy throws in another super chat. He's on fire tonight. Just says Tugel could have been people asking oh. in the in the chat about Tugel. Gar, please, Tommy Tugel, please, please just a Warren Gavel. Please just a Warren Gavel. Yeah. Because he Gav can't stand it. Gav is not a fan of Tommy Tuchel. But Gar, what do you think of Tuchel as a possible Chelsea manager? Uh, we have a bit of an exclusive here. Oh, exclusive. Uh, yeah, contact in Germany, um, sniffing out Nagelsmann. Chelsea are. Yeah, they've they, they've looked at it. They've wanted them before. This they were wait, we believe they were waiting to see uh, how last year went and how obviously his his position at Leipzig went. Uh, don't be surprised if they went after him if and did ha- happen to Lampard in the future. So that's what I've been told. That, no talks, but we've been told that Bramwich's a big fan. But if that right happened, was on the day, yeah. So but if that happened, happened, you would then worry about Chelsea because you look at that squad and go. Nagelsmann with that squad, A, you'd get something out of Werner. And B, he, you know, he, 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 look what he does to Leipzig. You know, it makes him exciting. He makes them attacking. Yeah, he's probably naive defensively, but he oh, probably hasn't got players. And that's for that's for that's for oh, no. I think <laughs> it, he'll, he'll probably bring the two lads he's got in Leipzig well, over. Yeah, well, or, or a bit of pace. Or Tamori goes in there. Yeah, Tamori and Malang, sorry. You, yeah, yeah. you put Nagelsmann in that, in that manager position, that is making Chelsea a title contender. Because squad-wise, there is no reason why they shouldn't be attacked because they've got enough there to cause trouble. Not whether they win it or not, it's not matter. But Chelsea are what, like eighth now? They six, seventh or eighth? They should be nowhere near that level. They, they should be in comfortably top four and should be one of the other runners where you're going, like a couple more players, and then you get yeah, worried. With a squad like that, you'd imagine so, wouldn't you? 
but he's not. I fundamentally disagree with that. I think Nagelsmann is actually a bit of a hype project, if I'm being honest with you. I think he's the German Brendan Rodgers, and he's got <laughs> the suits to prove it, quite frankly. <laughs> and, you know, I think he's one of those, you're right, where if you look at where he's, where he's at Leipzig, he gets, as Kev's just said in the comments here, gets all of his own way. So he won't go to a club like Dortmund or Bayern where there's the 50 plus one and there's the politics and all that stuff and the ownership structures. So he could come somewhere like England. But for me, look at what United did to Leipzig in the group stages of the Champions League. United, we're talking about here. He is mm-hmm. possibly as tactically naive in his own way as Lampard is. And as for that Chelsea squad, listen to Garda, listen to Chris, and, and you're totally right. For me, I said this at the beginning of the season when they were buying everyone left, right, and centre. I said Chelsea were the most unbalanced squad in yeah. the whole league. They've got about, no, and that was before Ross Barkley left, fair enough, but they've got about 19 number 10s. Yeah. It's and yeah, like Lampard's gone out and bought loads of players in his own image. And the other thing Lampard's got a big problem with is that he's got a loyalty bias. And yeah. it's causing him massive problems with Mason Mount because he yeah. feels like he's got to put Mason Mount in every week because he's his boy, where yeah. that completely unsettles everyone. It's unsettling Werner because you can't play him in his natural position. You can't play Havertz either because because the elephant in the room is Mason Mount. But I don't, exactly. I don't know, I don't know why he doesn't oh. just play. Uh, not, look, I'm no tactical genius, obviously, but with that squad, if he played four two three one and just said Mount and Havertz, you fight for the ten, Werner Giroud. Tammy, you fight for the nine. And then for the wing positions, you've got Pulisic, Ziyech, uh, Hudson, Odoi. You all fight it out for the wing position. You know, if you if you yeah. play well, you're in the squad. I mean, you've got enough centre mids in Kante, uh, Kovic, uh, uh, Jorginho to do to do the sitter role. But the only place you're worrying about then is is centre half. But if you play four two three one, if you have a Kante and a Kovic sat in front of them, it does protect them a lot more, and it also brings up the best in. James and Chilwell, who, to be fair, love going forward, you know, can defend, but, you know, would much prefer to go forward. You know, I, to me, that I don't know why it's not played. There must be a reason behind it. But, you know, if that seems with that squad, the best way of getting the best results, you know, I don't know why he's copying 4-3-3. I know Chelsea have always played it, but that's when Chelsea had, you know, Lampard and his pomp. They had Drogba, they had Balak, they had proper wingers, you know. <laughs> Four three three really works if you've got the right players. I don't think he's got the right players for that system. Yeah, I mean, Koi Havertz is a, is a key one there. Ninety million they spent on him, and they don't know where to play him. And I know Phil Casey from the East Shores happens to think that Koi Havertz would have been the ideal signing for Liverpool to replace Bobby Firmino. And it's a it's a strange one because you're looking at him now and you're saying, I, I don't see how Koi Havertz can do anything. But it could just be a case of wrong player at the wrong club. Hardy throws in another super chat. Hardy is like, in, like in a role in this show. We know the Chelsea owners, they want results. Abramovich ain't messing around. If results don't go their way, yeah, wait, what's going to happen? Lampard gone. Mm-hmm. It's He is a very ruthless owner. Um, Roman Abramovich, but this is a new, I know like he's got rid of league winning managers, but when when Mourinho was there, when Angelotti was there, when Ranieri was there, Lampard and Terry had a lot of sway with Abramovich. Yep. You know, it yep. wasn't just that mm. they, they, were, they were big figures in the changing room, they were big figures in the boardroom as well. It would be it would be very, very interesting to see what how quickly he pulled that trigger when if things start going worse because um 
you know, I do know what Hardy is saying there. That, you know, he is a ruthless owner. He wants results, but mm. it's, it's a bit of a weird situation. This one, you know, it's a I, long, I, it's a fifteen years um, yeah. relationship there. That's you know, thrown in the bin. I, I still, I still think if he was an ex Chelsea, ex Chelsea player, I think he'd have been gone by now. Oh yeah, yeah. Or, or managers like AVB didn't win anything for them. Yeah, but he had probably a similar run to this. He was gone. And he was gone yeah. quickly. He's, he's still quite a young manager, lads, and, and he yeah. probably needs that that ruthless streak in him that you know the the older, more experienced lads are able to do within Good seconds. And he 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 doesn't he doesn't seem to have it yet. In fairness to him, um, as I say, he's still quite a young manager. So it would have been better uh, if he said a derby. It would have been better well, if he said a derby for another year. I think the job is too big for him. myself. Yeah, to be honest, mm-hmm. he'll probably go and win something now and prove me wrong. But I yeah. think the job is far too big for. Him. But it's Just a like final a- point on uh, Tuchel as well, sorry, is uh, I don't think he would go to Chelsea because if you look at the internal politics within PSG, yeah, yeah. he's just had absolute murder with Leonardo for the yeah. best part of a year, year yeah. and a half, or True. even since Leonardo came back to the club. So I think that's possibly damaged his reputation a little <laughs> bit. For me, mm. I actually think Tuchel ends up back at Dortmund for my money. I don't think he go back to Dortmund, but it's a great point because it's not only the clashing heads with Leonardo, he was clashing with Kylian Mbappe, he was clashing with yeah. Neymar, you know, star players. And I agree with you. I think he might look to go to a club. I don't think Dortmund would take him back, to be honest. But I think a uh, Munchen Gladbach or, uh, you know, another German side that's on the RB Leipzig. You know, if, if Nagelsmann moves on, Leipzig could be a great show for, for the likes of Thomas Tuchel. But yeah, dealing with superstars and interfering. Uh, owners and the likes might not be his cup of tea, but it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But look, Hardy, thanks very much. You've, you've, like I said, you're bankrolling us tonight. Um, we appreciate all the support. Like yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, there, Harry Abramovich, lad. Super yachts on the way for everyone, lad. Super yachts for everyone. <laughs> well, look, we'll move on to the fixtures at hand, lads. Um, first, we'll deal with them chronologically, right? So the first game is Brighton versus Arsenal. Um, Paul, I'll start with you. <coughs> Brighton v Arsenal. How do you see this one going? Do you see it being a banana skin or what's the story? Because Arsenal going into it maybe look like, Jesus, you don't want to be Brighton away, but they got a good win at the weekend. So how, how do they look at it? I think what happened with the Arsenal-Chelsea game, I think has proven something to both Arteta and to Arsenal fans in general. There are far too many players in that Arsenal squad who have been there for far too long and they're sitting on far too fat paychecks and they don't, they're playing for themselves. Honestly, I I watched most, if not all of that game, uh, the Chelsea game and Saka is a player. He's, he, he was phenomenally good. And the, uh, the other guy was a second man, Paulo. Oh, mate, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. He's, a, he's a great, great talent. And uh, the other yeah. kid as well, Emil Smith-Rowe, was great in that yeah. game as well. Really, Martinelli really putting it about. Well. Martinelli, I mean, everyone knows he's, he's, a, he's a big talent. So it depends on, like, we're going to see how big Arteta's balls are now because either he's going to do the rotation and bring all the old heads back, your David Luiz's, your Obama Yang's, you know, that kind of thing, or he's going to make a statement and he's going to go with the kids. And frankly, I think there was a good enough Arsenal performance in there on Boxing Day to suggest that if he keeps at that 11, or if he keeps at that nucleus of the young kids, there's a run of form 
there. Like, it was a very, very strong performance as far as I'm concerned. Mm. So if he does <laughs> play the kids, I think they beat Brighton and I think they beat them quite comfortably because Brighton, as much as they are a lovely team to watch and I enjoy watching them and I think they play some good football and I think their heart's in the right place, they just can't hold on to a lead. They just can't do it. They, they, they have, they've got major problems in front of goal and they can be quite suspect at the back. So this looks like, again, if the, if the youngsters play with you know for Arsenal, I think it looks like a nice interesting little comfortable game for them yeah pretty interesting uh gar arsenal v brighton yeah i, I, I agree with paul if 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 it does stick if arteta does stick to, to the youth they did the other day listen we know a couple of games within a couple of days we there's going to be a couple of changes with her um Brighton just seemed to chop and change their, their back three to a back two Um the keeper's brutal and um, he's not good enough um it seemed the weekend. He's, he's he's poor. He reminds me of that like that guy at Leeds, and I don't rate him either. Um, I, I I see I see the Gunners win this. Um, I think this will give them a big lift. Uh, I've never been a fan of Xhaka, and if you look at you know we've just been speaking about Lampard, and in fairness, Arteta is getting a tune out of out of Xhaka, lads. Where, where, you know, so there's obviously something about him because no one's ever got a tune out of that fella, um, except the referee. Yeah, the fans, the fans got. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but now I'd be I'd agree with Paul. I'd, I'd see an Arsenal win here, Chris. Um, I don't, because uh, I've got a feeling. Be very to Arsenal. They've got the big win. They'll get very overhyped themselves. I, I think you'll see Abamyang will come back in. If Louise is fit, he'll come back in. He'll end up putting his 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 his, his, me, his main men back in. The ones who are probably the problem, he'll put them all back in. William. William. Yeah, William. He said he felt unwell. William will probably start now. And you'll see a William and a Bamiang on the wing. Uh, he'll probably put um, the young kid, is it Enketia? To me, just doesn't look quite... It doesn't look ready for Premier League no. football. He, lo- he looks like he, he needs another, lo- another loan. Yeah. Uh, I, I could just see them putting all them in. And there's a bit of spikiness between... Arsenal and Brighton. I think all you need now is uh, an early Mopey goal, and I think the Reds will go again. Uh, I could see Brighton getting a draw out of this. If he sticks with the team he play against Chelsea, then I'd, I think Arsenal should win quite comfortably. I've just got this feeling Arsenal are going to revert to type and start putting in the lads who've been causing them problems. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Yeah, it's interesting because like they they did look very good the other day, and and it's no coincidence that you know David Luiz who got a new contract in the summer. You know, I know Arteta didn't buy him, but they tied him down to a new deal mm. um, on Arteta's watch. Um, some of the business they've done now, whether that was whether that was Adi or whether that was Arteta, but surely Arteta had a saying it like Cedric Suarez seemed pointless bleeding bit of business tying down. Um, David Luiz seeing the pointless bit of business and bringing in Willian on about 120 grand a week for on a three year deal. Willian's a nice player. I'd, I'd, I might have said in the summer I wouldn't have minded us taking Willian on a free, but not on a three year deal on what by wages, you know what I mean? Like it's it's just and to start every week, he'd yeah. <laughs> 
William to Arsenal feels like when we signed Joe Cole. Yeah, it does. It's a good show. It does. We need, we, we, we need you know, you, you need a big name just to yeah. get get the fans going. Oh, look, we all got caught up as Liverpool fans. Yeah, the, the Joe Cole hype. Yeah. It, admittedly, after one game, we saw the fizzle out of it. But, you know, yeah. I, think Arsenal, I think Arsenal got a similar sort of issue is they probably had to still buy a name to excite things rather than going down the, the long-term route, which is probably go with the youth a bit more because the youth players they've got, like we've already mentioned, you know, Saka, yeah. I was praying he didn't sign a new contract. I was hoping Liverpool would get him because I think he's brilliant. They have a great bunch of lads there, don't they? A great bunch of lads. Mm. They, they have a great crop coming through. They've got like, um, they've got Willock in midfield is getting games. They've got Maitland, Ainsley Maitland-Noyles is a good player. Reese Nelson is a good player. They have um, yeah. that lad that we're trying to sign, Balagon. Balagon or yeah, they've got uh, Martinelli. They've got Smith Rowe. They've you know they've all these guys. And Ketty, look, and Ketty is maybe just being forced in. You know when he's not ready, he's he's a talent. Obviously, he done well. Yeah. At he is a talent. Maybe to be coming on the odd game, not to be starting when you've got lack of that on the bench. But they're a strange team, and it will be interesting to see what what lineup he goes with when he gets all these back. And as for Brighton lads, they're pretty tootless. Certainly, Brighton. I mean. They don't, they don't threaten much. I know they got two at the weekend against West Ham, but you know that they, they don't offer too much in attack, and I think that could be their downfall. I'm going to get you that predictions here, Paul. Let's start with you. Give me a score prediction for this one. I'm going to go two nil Arsenal. Two nil. Chris. Two two. Gar. Two one Arsenal. And I'm going to go over a two nil Arsenal. Um, I just think Brighton just don't have enough in them um, and Arsenal do need to kick on at some stage hopefully not this weekend yeah <laughs> that's it <laughs> um, the next game we look at lads we, we, we won't spend too much on this one unless you want to right Burnley versus Sheffield no we will we'll have a little chat about this actually <sighs> Burnley versus Sheffield United Gar, can't wait start with you. can't wait for this one <laughs> Yeah, let's start with you on this. Right? We have I to skip. I was going to skip yeah. this, right? But the Burnley against Leeds game the other day, did I? Did you watch that match? Did you see the decision where um, the <laughs> email yeah, yeah. and John Deutsch was like, "Is there a, a is Deutsch being clever? Not being clever. I mean, they were really were robbed. But his comments after the game." Is that they nailed on to get a soft penalty now this week? Uh, this yeah. Week? As of the Deutsch comments, you know, as he as he put them in, set them up nicely for whoever's ref in that game. Well, he's always he's always made comments at that games. Even if they're winning, he makes comments. He's, he's a yeah. I don't I don't know. He lost. He coming in, but uh, he's <laughs> just, just out there. Or he just seems to always complain. Um, it, it's it's a really strange. You know, he's done some good work there. To be fair, um, they've got some really really good players. Um. You know, I, I'm a big fan of Nick Pope. Um, what, there was suppose one thing for the, for Borny that stuck out to me this year is um, they they seem now more restricted. They're like you know that that shite that we had to watch the at West Brom. They seem to be even more restricted. They were playing a bit of football last year, but they don't seem to be. They're really reverted for normal standard four four two stuff now. You know, they're going a lot longer in games, I think, as well. Um, I think I think what uh Dwight uh McNeil has hasn't been uh, hasn't been great this season. Yeah. Um and we saw him when they were attacking that he looked a huge talent. Um imagine imagine him under a under a decent coach, I tell you he'd absolutely fly. Um it's it, it's a really it's a really 
crappy game. I, I, I see Bourne win the Keith. The Sheffield United are absolute in dire straits. Uh, I, I don't see them coming out of it the way they're playing. They're, they're, they're struggling, aren't they? What score do you reckon? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go 2 0 to Burnley. This 2 0 to Burnley, yeah. good stuff. Um, Chris will come to you now. How do you we don't have to talk about it if you don't want? I will just say I've just checked the ref, Chris Cavan as the ref, and he is fucking brutal. So, lost in wing coming, I'm sure. But to you know, be honest, to I'm honest, holding my hat on this that there's going to be a soft penalty going for Burnley in this game tomorrow. To be honest, Keith, you could have said any of the refs and they're gone, yeah, they're all brutal. The only one that would have made it worse would have been there. Is it, is it David Cooth? Oh, oh, yeah. He's, yeah, he's a yeah the, the, the one who can't see a, a leg snap and says, oh, it's all right. Um, so, yeah. no, I mean, I, I'm with Gar. Um, this will be dull. It'll be brutal. It'll be two, I'll say 2-0 Burnley. Probably both set pieces. Um, and Sheffield United will probably miss an open goal because that's kind of how it's going for them at the moment. Uh, I mean, my thing with Sean Dyche is, I think he's the ginger Alan Kerbishley. I think when he leaves Burnley, I think he's just going to get linked to every job going and you never see him again. Yeah. I think he's got himself so ingrained into Burnley and he's, look, he's done a good job at Burnley, but I don't see what, <laughs> I don't, I don't see what his next move is. I think two, three years ago, he was linked with Everton, I think before they got uh, Marco Silva. That might have been the time for him to go. Yeah. Uh, Cause you can tell now there's rumblings behind the scenes. He's not happy there now, is he? Uh, yeah, you look at his bench you look at his bench now it's either the starting 11 are all like mid late 20s and the, and the bench is kids there's nothing yeah. in between which says see it he's been given knowing that he's given again no investment it's just a load of, it's he's now relying on kids mm. which at some point is going to hurt him which probably is why he's gone back to the very direct not as pretty football because he's like he hasn't got the players to do it yeah true um paul what about you this how do you see this one going I mean, if I can stay awake to actually get through it all. Um, <laughs> you know, as I like to say, and I've said this about a few fixes already, this is the cure for insomnia in this game week. Uh, but, you know, Burnley, in terms of, like, their fixtures on the runner fixtures that they're on, you know, they've actually got some of the best fixtures, like the easiest fixtures out of any team in the league in the next three games. So, you know, it's no surprise to me that they are building up a bit of a head of steam, even though, you know, it's fairly turgid stuff to watch. Uh, I see only one winner here. I think it's Burnley. I can see a clean sheet uh, for you fantasy managers out there. Got Nick Pope in goal. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think Burnley, with what they've got, they are going to do absolutely everything they can to stay up. And as I say, the, the fixtures are pretty sweet for them up until I think game week 19 when they play us um, in that sort of week where there's two fixtures. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I totally agree with the guys. It's funny listening to what Chris is saying about, about Dice. I think managers do have their little kind of hype period, don't they? And then they kind yeah. of just dissipate and they kind of fall away. Um and I think he, I think he turns into a bit of a, a bit of an Allardyce figure. To be honest yeah, with you, I think yeah. he's he's that sort of next iteration of Allardyce, where it's like, oh, oh, you need someone to dig dig them out. Okay, here you go. Next, next, next England manager then. Yeah. Oh, mate, absolutely, absolutely. Wonder how many games he'll last um, but, before he gets you, caught. With his do you know what I would say? So, I, I think he's unlucky in the sense that I think that little uh, carousel uh, has its it has its boys on it. So you've got Mark Hughes, you've got Steve Bruce, you've got Allardyce, you've got um, David Moyes is another one. You know, I don't know if there's room for Sean Dyche. I think he could be stuck in purgatory there in 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 the next batch. You know, with the Pardews and all of this world. So I don't know. I think it could be a tough one from the get back in. But what do so you think? What score are we going to go with this one, Paul? 
Uh, I'm going to go with like just a, a proper shit house, one nil. Yeah, but one thing I will say about Dice, just to finish off, is uh, I just listen to what Gar's saying. It's like I think you know what really puts a lot of clubs off Dice is the fact that he uses his post-match interviews as some sort of soapbox yeah, to talk about yeah, philosophical yeah. issues yeah. and you know that kind of thing. He may as well be talking about politics, do you know what I mean? Like, he may as well be giving his opinions on uh, Brexit and, you know, leaving the single uh, market and how awful it is that we haven't got a vaccine in time. It's like, no one cares, mate. Shut up and get on with it. Yeah. The, the, the irony I find of uh, Daesh is he's got to he, into his big B in his bonnet. He's had it, that B in his bonnet for ages. He needs to look at Ashley Barnes. I've never seen a man on his arse so much in all my life. He's forever, f- dramatically for such a big fella, falling over quite crackly because he never gets the free kick for it. And then Dice goes, oh, we never get any free kicks. I'm surprised, but he's, he's the worst diver I've seen in the league. He's crap at it as well. So, yeah. you know, I, it's one of those ones with Dice, like, I get your own house in order first before you start going at others. Yeah, interesting. Free World asks, where did Mark Hughes go? He went to play Elsa Stewart in Home and Away back in 1987. <laughs> but I'm sure if a if manager's job comes along for a struggling to Midland team, he'll be quick enough to answer that call. Um, but look, is, it's, well, is, it, well, is, he a pund- is he a pundit now? I don't I know. No one's seen him for years. No, he's not. He's not. He's not. Do you know about this thing about Steve Bruce being a crime novelist? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he wrote a yeah, few, yeah. didn't he, back in the day? The, yeah. The, apparently, they're the worst things you'll ever read. Like, apparently, like Mills and Boone reads like Shakespeare in comparison. Oh, oh, one, the, one, the lads, one of the lads was always, always have talks about on work, and uh, is a H&J, Hosby and Jacob always oh. do it. It's, do a scene from it. It's about 20 minutes long, right? And they have this lad <laughs> with a new majority voice, right? It's not even Steve Bruce, right? It's some bleeding, one of these bleeding. Darren Blade, what do you call them? These voice lads who can imita- imitation lads, and they do a twenty-minute segment from it from the book uh, daily. And Johnny went went down to the to the farm, and he brought a knife, and he stuck it in, and he <laughs> twisted it. And you're going to yourself, what the hell you, is this all about? Lads? Are, you, are you still saying that's a, a horror novel? Are you sure you haven't picked up Fifty Shades of Grey there? Now, listen, lads, lads, I don't want to be taking food off uh, Steve Bruce's kids' table here. You know, let people go out and buy these books and make up their own mind. You know, I think we, we need to give, give the man a chance. Give the man a chance. But anyway, we'll move on. We'll move on. Um, so we've a clear speech there of only uh, getting something against against Sheffield you know, yeah. Um Next game, Southampton. Oh, do you know what? Actually, before we finish on that, for anyone that's, that's in it, a lot of people are commenting that that'll be a snooze fest. My advice for that one, it's on at six o'clock. What I'm going to do is I'm going to watch, I'm going to record pointless at quarter past five. I'm not going to watch it. And then I'm going to put it on at six. And then I'm going to put it on again at seven for the second half. So double up on pointless, the same episode twice, and it'll be better. So you've got the choice between pointless and goalless. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. The good thing. The good thing is, I think the Arsenal games on at the same time, so you can just know you can just yeah. avoid there's it. Quite a few of them at the same time, is there? It is. Yeah, our I next one so. is on at the same one as well. Actually, there's there's four games on at six o'clock tomorrow. Yeah. So the next game, boys, it's Southampton at home to West Ham. Chris, I'll start with you on this one. Um, an interesting game, this one. It it is now because of the Southampton injuries. Before they lost uh, Vestergaard and Ings. Um, I would have probably would have said a fairly straightforward answer to win. I'm really impressed with Hassan Hull. You know, I think we said before, you know, to survive in 9-0 and then to get the way, get them playing the way they are, that's the best I've seen mm-hmm. Sardar play probably since they had Pochettino in charge. 
you know, I think the big risk for Southampton is how long can you keep hold, hold the hassle hill? Because to me, there are clubs who are underperforming in the league he could do much better jobs for. You know, if you had the hassle hill in Arsenal, I know we keep picking on Arsenal, but he'd be brilliant. He'd do really well with the young, youngsters there. You know, and there are other, other players like that. So, and he's getting a tune out of players that would bang average. The only thing I think where I worry about Southampton is I think the keeper's crap. Is it McCarthy? Just, mm-hmm. every, time, every time I've seen him, he played for Palace and I, he just doesn't convince me. He just, you know, everything I see, but you know, he's playing well, but I just look at, he doesn't convince me, you know. I think Walker Peters is doing well for them, but I mean, the key for Southampton is um, uh, War Prowse. You know, everyone knows his delivery, his passing, you know, everyone goes through him and he's now starting to add goals to his game, you know, which is probably a thing he's lacking and he's got Shea Adams hitting a bit of form. The worry yeah. for Southampton is when they don't have Danny Ings, they're not, they don't have as much cutting edge. Um, the other thing I'll give him credit for is Phil Walcott looks like a man reborn. Yeah. Uh, he, he looks like the lad that he, he looks like the lad Arsenal signed. Um, he seems to have found his way. Maybe he's just happy to be back home, just playing. Maybe there's a bit less pressure. Uh, but you know, when you look at Walcott now, I think this is this is the reason Arsenal signed him. You know, the way he, he's so direct. You know, and it's you know, and the players play off off his strengths. So um, I think Southampton probably will just win it. But you know, it's quite a tight game. Because was it ninth against tenth? So the the pretty you know they're pretty close. And in fairness to David Moyes, the football genius that he is, you know, he's doing well with West Ham. He's, yeah. you know, and the start to play a, a bit more attractive football. It's not, you know, it's not like some of the crap we've seen him play in the past. I knew mustn't have watched them against Brighton the other day when he I did, I didn't watch it. Seven, no, no. no, I didn't watch that, no. Uh, but the, the big thing for, for them is, I think still no Antonio. Haller's done better, but yeah. they aren't the same team that Antonio. He's just, he's the difference maker for them. And I think he's still out. So uh, I've got a, a 2-1 Southampton. 2-1 Southampton. Interesting. Gar, I'll come to you next. Um, Chris touched on, you know, a few forwards there. Shea Adams is doing well for Southampton. Allaire's doing well. Even Mikel Antonio is a handful. But Danny Ings is the big threat in that, isn't he? He's the, the elite striker of the bunch, really, out of all days. Yeah, and you wouldn't expect that with We've seen Shane on for years, Keith. Even 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 with Orland, he, he he's he he's always around the champs. He's not your he's not your forward and around the box. He doesn't get enough goals. He's never got enough goals. Um, Chay Adams is obviously the one being told to walk in around the box, and then obviously Shane Long. But I would like to see, yeah. And now we're not. Listen, I'm not telling Hazel Hilton how to do his job because he's done a fantastic job. I think since that uh, big loss last year, I would like to see Chay Adams and Walcott up front. Um. Would make them really, really direct. The only issue with Walcott is he can't really play was back to goal, um. So he seems to be playing left mid at the moment, and then put Gineppo in his place, and and, and you know I'd love to see that that a bit more rather than Shane Long. I think Shane Long just just restricts him a lot, um, in the way they play. Yeah, in the way they play, they get the ball in the deck. Uh, Shane Long is not that type of player at all. He's he's the one that just wants to run to the corners and, and try and force mistakes out of full-backs and centre-halves. Uh, Stuart Armstrong, I think, has been brilliant. Um, he's a good player. You touched on more pros. I think if he has more pace, lads, he'd be he'd be in the elite, one of the elite sides, to be honest with you. Um, he's got everything else. He's, I suppose he's your, your Beckham player. Uh, Toy play, mm. he's he's technically so good. He can ping a pass him around the pitch. His positional sense is really good. He gets stuck into a tackle as well. Uh, I think the back forward been really good. I'm really impressed with Bednarak this year. Yeah, um, he uh, quite rash, but he seems to have settled down, doesn't he? Yeah, he has. Yeah, yeah. And I know the the last touched investor guard Stevens is not a bad replacement to come in and play a few games. If need be. Walker Peters has been excellent, uh, and Bertrand is Ryan Bertrand. You, you know. 
he's probably your your seven out of ten player for a team like that in France. Uh, he's reliable. Um, he, he, you get what you say with Bertrand. Uh, I have to say, I disagree with John Alex McCarthy, Chris. I think he's been good for him. Um, I think he looked confident. I think he talks the back four a lot. Um, he, he's he's fairly vocal in, in, in the games nowadays. You hear as well in fairness. So, but I think I think without Ings, um, you can see obviously the difference of the huge difference without Ings. Um, when he was out, obviously with, with his injury, and now again, um, you see they they look restricted a bit, and I think it's because you're relying on Che Adams to get your goals rather than along. Mm. I um while we're briefly talking about Southampton, I in the summer, uh, maybe a bit naively championed James Ward Prowse as a Liverpool signing to be Trent Alexander Arnold's backup and right back. Because I think he does have that sort of delivery that um mm. that Trent has. Now I'm not saying he's he's anywhere near that level. I was thinking he'd be a utility player who could do a slot in midfield as well. But I think he's outgrown that I think he's been excellent this season and I think he's really stamping his uh, authority on that team in the midfield alongside Ariel Romeo who was a very very good player as well yeah, he, yeah. he does everything doesn't he Romeo in there yeah. he just lets it all take over he's big he's, he uh, gets stuck in he's a good user of the ball as well he suspended any Romeo is he I've just, I've just, I've just checked up and I didn't realise he was he suspended which is a bit of a loss for them yeah. would you ever think of James Ward-Prowse as a Milner replacement as a, as you as you squad as oh. you squad do a job not do it not do a job but it but you know what I mean Milner covers so many areas so he could do left back he could do right back holding yeah. mid he could do attacking mid as well you know and he's obviously got that snide side which we need I was I, I like Ward Prowse as a Liverpool utility because at some point we are gonna have to replace a Milner now unless that's someone yeah. within the squad and maybe he's got a youngster and lined up for that role. Uh, but I, I do wonder if that's something we need to look at at some point. Is who would be the, who would be what's that? The next James Milner, which is not an easy job to do. If he wasn't injured, there is there was always a shout for um, uh, Chamberlain doing that. But unfortunately for Chamberlain, he doesn't have the durability. Yeah. He has the yeah, ability cool. to play in a few positions. Yeah. He doesn't have the durability, unfortunately. With him. unfortunately, our friend uh, Nabby's has got the same issue. So whereas again, War Prowse, he's very rarely injured. Yeah, he's reliable. Yeah. Or did you give me a prediction in that one? Uh, no, I'm going to go. I think it'd be goals in that. Let's, uh, I'm going to go too well. Yeah, I'm going too well myself. I think there will be goals. Paul, how do you see this one? Do you think West Ham pose much of a threat or are we overlooking West Ham at all? I think we are looking over, all overlooking West Ham. And I think, you know, with obviously what Mikhail Antonio in particular has done since Project Restart. I think we're a bit guilty of thinking that if Mikhail Antonio isn't playing, then West Ham don't turn up, and that's not the case at all. They're, they've become a very good, solid, well-balanced team, and that is to Moyes' credit. And the main thing that he's had to do, unfortunately for you know hardcore Irons fans, is to basically bomb Mark Noble out the team. Because he was really the weak link and he was really yeah. holding things up in a very, very big way, stylistically and also as well, because he just doesn't just haven't got the legs anymore. And that's okay because you're advancing in years and it is what it is, right? Um, for me, uh, Suchek is a player and he's added another dimension to those. Paul, Paul I, even, I would even go with the fact that he makes Declan Royce look a better player. Mm. Yeah, I think I think the t- I think the two of them work very well together, and I think Rice helps Suchek because Suchek can then bomb forward, and he is definitely in the goals. The other player I like is Kufal. 
Yeah, yeah fullback. He yeah. looks really good. As I say, I just think they've just happened across a bit of a balance. And okay, Haller doesn't exactly like you know bring him home week in week out, but you know, I, I mean, if if Antonio plays. I think they give Southampton a real problem. And on Southampton, yeah. briefly, I think, uh, you know, Ings is massive in terms of a loss for them because he's the type of player that makes everybody else play better. So you're talking about a different Southampton when he's not in the team, and particularly Che Adams. It's an unfortunate situation that Southampton find themselves in because Ings gets the best out of Adams. And if you've noticed, when Ings plays... Not only does Ings score, Adams tends to score. And when Ings doesn't play, Adams doesn't really bang that many in. So it's a, it's a problem that they have. As much as I do, you know, really, really admire what the farm food Jürgen Klopp has done for Southampton <laughs> in recent times. That's not me, by the way. That's, uh, that's copyright Lee Gunner. That's, that's one of his. Um, that was after I called Mikhail, M- M- uh, Mikhail Arteta the, uh, little middle aisle, uh, Pep Guardiola. Um, <laughs> I think it's more Neto. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. S- Spanish for thirty-six crosses in a game will win you one. Um, but uh, yeah, basically, I-, I can see like what Gar was saying. I can see this being uh, a high-scoring draw. So I'm going to go for the uh, the Archbishop Desmond. I'm going to go for the two-two. Yeah, that's true. Was going with the old uh, Desmond two-two. Chris the the lone. Um, Saints win at 2-1 just to, before we move off this game lads, I, I watched this wrong. <laughs> no no look I watched West Ham and Brighton the other day and I couldn't believe like West, West Ham sorry they lined up with a back three centre backs two wing backs three holding midfielders well Suchek was in there but he was to break forward the team the team she had Mark Noble in an advanced midfield role which tells you how they set up and then they had Jared Bone linking with Haller I think Moyes is doing a good job there, I have to be honest. But that stunk. And um, I know they have injury issues and all the other guy. Ben Johnson scored a goal for them, making his debut with young guy. Um, I think it'd be interesting to see how he lines up. After, was he? <laughs> yeah. That's it. He was. Uh, he failed, uh, waiting on his steroid results to come back. They're going to take <laughs> the goal away from him. But I just think it'd be interesting to see how they line up, how Moyes lines up, what he can do with the team because he could really set out to spoil it and it'll be interesting to see. So look, it's it's, it's an interesting one. The next game, we usually have um, our friend Joe Wayman from All Leeds TV on this show um, and this one's West Brom against Leeds and I would have loved to hear Joe's take on a Leeds team facing that big gravy-faced bastard Sam Allardyce's <laughs> team. If, if, if he's watching lawsuits are coming in all over the place, but we don't care because Hardy has been sponsoring us very kindly tonight. And look, Paul has brought his Sam Allardyce a tour with him and all. Pint of wine, him. please. Yeah, pint of wine, wash down with a pitcher of gravy. Paul, I'll start with you. Um, West Brom home to Leeds. I like the look of this game. I think this could be an interesting game. And I know that's weird on the back of West Brom sort of stinking it out against us and getting their win. But Leeds will be a different kettle of fish. How do you see this one going? Oh, God, I mean, obviously Leeds are fantastic going forward and they're not going to change. No matter how many they concede, they are just going to keep going and keep going and keep going. My biggest fear for Leeds is that the way they play, they are just set up for shit house teams to nick one. 
and it's got what it's got written all over for me is remember back sort of 13 14 and even like 14 15 liverpool where we would batter teams and then lose yeah like we would absolutely harangue teams for 90 minutes and then one slip of concentration we get hit on the break and then that's it like that has got that kind of scoreline written all over it for me, especially because, like, I've got to say, I think West Brom's keeper has been their player of the season. Yeah. I think he's been phenomenal and is probably going to be the reason that they will stay in the league, um, as well as, you know, shithouse tactics from you know who, uh, a man who had all the nerve in the world to insinuate that he could easily do what Jürgen's currently doing at Liverpool if he had the money. Yeah. Like I mean, whatever whatever prescription he's got, mate, can you send me to? Um, but yeah, I mean, I I fear for Leeds in this one for some reason. It's like I just feel like they 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 can be very tactically naive, which is a weird thing to say about a Bielsa team. But they, I think they're so adherent to their kind of philosophy that that's the type of thing that Allardyce likes to kind of exploit, really. So I wouldn't be surprised if West Brom nick one and one. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Are you going for a 1-0 win? I'm going to go for a 1-0 win, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Gar, I'll come to you next on this one. Yeah, the last couple of Leeds games, and Joe was a great lad and a huge, staunch, staunch Leeds man and very, very, very uh, defensive of his side. I had a go with that keeper before. He wasn't too happy about it. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 do you know, do you know what? The last few games I've seen them, Keith, I actually think they're starting to burn out. I think the the compromise pre-season um, the games have come taken fast in, in, in the premiership for them. In the last few games, you know, I'm, I'm sure our running stats are huge, but you know, you, you can overcompensate your running running from you know by the way you play football as well. So, you know, there's a happy medium at times, and I, and I think that it looks to me like they're starting to burn out at times. It would not surprise me in the least if West Brom get a result here tomorrow. Um, I think they'll be if their backs will be up after that draw during night. Um, it was huge for them. Uh, as as, as Paul's touched on, I think Johnson's been amazing for them in there. Um, yeah. really, really good. Other those will get that back four set up properly. Um, they they're probably chopping change up front at times. Uh, they brought a couple of subs on the other day as well, didn't they? Um, but I think I just I think it gets a a one nil here. A one nil, another. Yeah, I think one Yeah, I think they'll do what they did to us in the first half, and they'll just sit back and they'll take all the pressure, and then they'll just you know try and spring a surprise second half, and, and attack a bit more and, and see gaps in it, where leads do leave gaps we've all seen that this season. Yeah, um, they they certainly do. You know, it's 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 a it's the type of team that. You touched on something there, Gar, very interesting. I was on All Aids TV with Joe and the lads there after their game with them at the start of the season. And it was said, you know, about people think Leeds will burn out because 
you know, they, they play such a high intensity. And the lads were saying, and I agreed with them to an extent that they played more games in the championship. The champ- championship's a very intense league and all that. But I think they're finding that the if you're at the top of the league and you're steamrolling teams, you can go and go and yeah. go. And I think it's a lot harder when you're not getting those results, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's probably finding them out a little bit now and that you're a lot harder. They won at Burnley, let's say, the other day, right? It's a good example. They were very lucky. They didn't play well. I'd say they came off that pitch bollocks. Do you know what I mean? And I'd say... God, no. It attacks you mentally. We've seen it in title yeah. runnings for us over, over years gone, boy. It does attack you mentally and you can't play like that all the time as much as you want to. He doesn't make many changes to a side week, yeah. week in, week out. He's not that type of manager. He, he's really, he really trusts his players and credit to him. But the, uh, I just think with the short and pre-season, the way we're seeing results at the moment as well, no team, no team is on it, and I think, and I think the way they play and the intensity they play at is only going to affect. If you're not picking up great results all the time, it has to, it has to affect you psychologically. It just has to. Very true. Mm. Very true. There's I also mean, accumulation of games as well yeah. over multiple seasons. Like yeah. City have found out last season, they look like they hit the wall. You know, as as well as we were playing, we're finding that out to an extent now with the injuries that we've got and that championship season. And it, not just that championship season where yeah, they came, the up, it's the one where they came yeah. close and didn't. And then you're running into it with the short and pre-season. Like no wonder. Lads, we've, lads, we've just we've just hit it with Sheffield United. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Psychologically, psychologically last year on a high the short and pre-season not great signings you know they've given us a lot of money for someone that wasn't even nowhere near proven and, and now they struggle because because you know it's probably that same thing psychologically they're probably drained at the moment yeah true very true um, Chris Leeds and West Brom how do you see this one going? Um, I think it's a 2-1 West Brom I think the biggest thing that's going to hurt Leeds is, I think I've had a quick quick check, I think they've got three centre-backs out. Yeah. So I think Liam Cooper is touch and go. Uh, Cock is out. And I think the other lad, uh, Lorenzo, uh, is had a setback. So he's at least another three or four weeks oh, away. So so you're looking at probably playing Ailing, a, a, you know, a good player, but a full-back, a centre-back. Ailing and Strike played there at the weekend. Um, you know, Strike, Strike made his Premier League debut against us and... Yeah. The first day of the season, like so, you know, it, it is a untested, untested centre backs. It is untested centre backs, and look, we saw when Matip went off. You know, credit to Allardyce. Um, he talked to the kid, Reese Williams. You know, because yeah. he's in because he's inexperienced, and I think that's all possibly between him and Jones for the goal. Um, I think I just think I just think even before the centre backs get injured, Leeds' biggest weakness was set pieces. I think. The, the stats prove I think they've conceded the most from set pieces, so it just feels like it feels like when we used to go away to Stoke when we were when, under Rodgers and you just like going every time they're going to throw in a corner it's a goal, and I yeah. just feel it's going to be like that. So I've I probably think it's going to be like a two-one West Brom. I think it's going to be a bit of a horrible game. I just think Leeds's weaknesses play to West West Brom's strengths, and I, yeah. I, I just think if, if West Brom get an early lead, I just think he'll just do what he did to Liverpool and he'll shut up shop and then he'll just play he'll just play for a counter attack. Yeah, so you can see you, you you touched on, you know, Joe said it on the show last week, actually on this show uh, after Man United humped Leeds, he said, you know, Leeds still 
got a couple of goals and had their chances and they scored from a set piece, which they don't tend to do and they don't defend them well. And you know, Allardyce, we saw the keeper, Gary, you've had a pop around before, um, and you saw him at the weekend, you know, making a bit of a howl or he got away with it. Allardyce is going to target him, isn't he? In saying yeah. that, I'm going for a 3-1 win for Leeds because Joe is a friend of the show and I'm going to fly the flag from now that he's not here. I know I'm a huge Marcello Bielta fan. You just don't want to tell you off on the next show. That's what it is. No, it's... <laughs> yeah. to see. You don't want to call Big Sam getting uh, a one point that's treats like three points against us. If he does it to Bielta, it'll be disgusted. So 3-1 to Leeds for me. Oh, if, he w- if he wins someone, check up on Keith. <laughs> um, now we're moving on we've three more games to go through lads and they're the three games that are on our Colossus Bets um, syndicate this week and there's a bleeding rake of uh, bets in there so the first game on the card is Man United at home to Wolves it's the final game tomorrow evening It's a this is an interesting one um, you know Man United I still think they're a bag of shy but they're still in the mix. They still have all they're going to salt share, but they're a good team on the break. Now, Wolves are coming back into a little bit of a, a little bit of form as well. So, you know, this could be, well, not into a little bit of form. They, they drew with Spurs. They bet Chelsea. You know, they, they had a few decent results recently, but it'll be interesting to see how this goes. I'm just going to call out what the, the syndicate have gone with this one, and there really is a few. So we've got other home win. I don't know what score that goes over, but it must be a blade and a gangster's bait for Wolves in that one. We've got 3-1 to United. We've got 3-0 to United. We've got 2-0 to Man U. We've got a 1-1 draw. We've got an other draw, which is, I think, 2-2 or above. And then we've got a 2-1 to Wolves and a 3-2 to Wolves. So we've got a few bets in there. We're covering every angle possible. So that's not going to influence you anyway. But Paul, I'm going to start with you on this one. How do you see this one going? I foresee a Manchester United win, unfortunately, uh, because I think Wolves are just a completely different proposition without Raul Jimenez. Yeah. I think that was an absolute hammer blow to them. I think the uh, the young kid that they've brought in is not quite ready to fill those boots, and I don't think anybody else is. I think they've got great players. You know, a really great like Neto and uh, Pedence and Romain Sice has been pretty good for them this season as well. And, you know, I think that they, they, they are turning over there. They're actually a weird one, Wolves, because if you look at them, they're kind of actually a team in transition. They've mm. actually got quite a few new players coming mm. through and bedding in. So it's all the more impressive that they're so far up the league and they're doing as well as they have been doing considering they are bedded in so much new talent and they're kind of rotating some of the old guard that got them there out. But for me, I think they they just don't have the same kind of threat in front of goal that they carried before. And, you know, again, like everyone likes to rave about, uh, you know, uh, Traore. I mean, I just, I'm not into him at all, quite frankly. I just think he's an absolute flat track bully. And he just, he, he just, all he knows how to do is run dead quick in a straight yeah. line. And he's one hamstring away from a really, really average career, if I'm being completely honest. But, you know, I mean, United, I've got to be honest. Um, I, I, I mean, I said this to the guys in my WhatsApp group the other day, like Cavani is a player. And he's still a player. And his experience is working wonders for United at the moment. So if he is doing his, you know, coming off the bench super sub thing, or even if they start him, I mean, he may well start him with the rotation. I think I think United are probably going to be, 
you know, not comfortable, but I think that they will they will win. Uh, I think the other thing United have got to do is keep Paul Pogba as far away from a football pitch as humanly possible. And I think they'll be half decent. Very harsh. Very harsh. Paul Pogba, World Cup winner. You know. Clown, not mate. Not being funny. He's a clown. <laughs> Give him the man the so respect. So his agent. So is his agent. Ah, me knows already. Me knows already. He's a good <laughs> um, Chris. Yes. Manuel V. Oh, wait. Did I get a prediction off you there, Paul? Sorry. Uh, now I'm going to go for 2 1 United. 2 1 Man U. Oh, he's took, me, he's took me school. Sorry, mate. <laughs> no, no, that's all right. That's all right. Clear these Chris. things with me before. Yeah, you? that's it. <laughs> oh, you don't return me calls. <laughs> <laughs> don't return anyone's calls. Got a news for you. I'll take a person. I don't, I don't feel so bad now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got United win because the other thing is I think they've had the extra day's rest and I yeah. don't think Wolf's squad is as deep. Uh, going on to back to Triori, I just think he's a hype train. He mm. reminds me of the... Do you remember, do you remember David Bellion when United signed him from Sunderland? He's just like... a harsh comparison that, David he, Bellion. He's just, he's just a... He's, he's a speed merchant, but with limited um, end product. I think last year he did hit a bit of a purple patch. I mean, it does help when you've got Raul Jimenez up front. Make, he can make a ba- he can make any bad ball look really good. Uh, I think they now find that the, the key for Wolves to me is uh, Neto. Neto yeah. uh, has really took the mantle, really took the mantle on. Uh, you know, he just looks a really dangerous player. You know, scores big goals. He's he's needly. You know, so it, he'll make it difficult for United. Uh, I think United are without Lindelof, uh, which in some ways is probably not a bad thing because. I still think their best centre back is Bailly, but I think the problem with Bailly is he's, he's rarely fit. Very injury you know, prone. Very injury prone. But when he's fit, I do think he's their best centre back. Uh, I think Wan Bazaka might be back, so you know, Neto against Wan Bazaka will be quite a good battle. But I agree. I just think United they are they still remind me of Liverpool thirteen fourteen. They're very top heavy, and they have got enough firepower to give anybody a beating. The reason I'm still not fully on them as going all the way for a title is I just can't trust that defence. And I don't trust that defense. I just think it's still got holes in it. I think Tellers, the quicker they get him in the side and get Dom Luke Shaw out, the better. I think that's what they need. And I still think we need better strength in the centre back position. And they need to know what to do with the keepers. Are you keeping Henson? Are you keeping um De Hair? Pick one. Pick one and yeah. get rid of the other one. They're making a problem, aren't they there, boy, boy, you know. We, we had the same problem. Yeah. We had the same problem. I mean, different levels, obviously. When we, we didn't know who was better, Mignolet and Karis. I mean, the, the, the answer was to both crap. But, <laughs> um, but you know, they, you know, both of theirs, you know, De Gea and Henders, they're both good keepers. So De Gea is probably not at the superhuman level he was two, three years ago, but he's still a very good keeper. So I think you need to decide which one you're keeping. I don't think it's healthy. Um, yeah. Having having both of them because uh, it's stunting Henderson's growth, and you know I don't know if De Gea likes that sort of level of competition. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but to me, yeah, I think Cavani, if Cavani plays up front, I, th- I think he's the key for them. I think he's actually helping the likes of a Rashford learn, and I think someone like a Martial can probably learn a lot off him how to be the target man and how to link play but still be the threat. You know, he's impressed me. You know, I I, th- I didn't think his age he, he could adapt that quickly, but he has. You know, and you can't can't knock him for it. As for Paul Pomper, I know it's not popular, but I actually think the last few games since since uh, Leipzig, when he's come in, he's done all right. He's not done. He's not been fantastic, but he was part of the reason they won against uh, West Ham and a few of the other results they've got. I think when he's got, he's been a bit of a difference maker. Um, I think he's actually hidden probably some um, erratic Fernandez performances. I think goals do hide a lot of 
uh, frailties, yeah. I would say. Now, I'm not saying Hernandez is a terrible player because he's not. He's a very good player. But I do think um, he's got away with some quite subpar performances that other United players have put in and other United players have got hammered for. But I do think, because he gets a goal, it's like anything, uh, everyone forgives you for a goal. He was dreadful for the, was it Harvey Barnes' goal? Yeah. Um, yeah. He dilly-dallied on just gives the ball away. Maguire got lashed out of it because he was nowhere to be seen, but it was actually Fernandez. Um, well, you think that it, if, if that's Van der Beek, players can do. if that's Van der Beek or Pompa, you'd be, you'd be having three or four shows on it. Yeah. About yeah, how, how about about what's he doing, who's he think he is, and you're going, look, all players do it. But I just think with for, the likes of Fernandez, I think you, you, like we do with Liverpool players, you've got to call out your favourites sometimes. Just say yeah. like, that, not, that's not good enough and you need to, you know, yeah. Picky moments when to play, but yeah, I still think uh, two one United. Two one, you know, you're excellent, Gar. West, yeah, uh, Wolves, Keith, and, yeah. and you know the, the the extra day. I think it's going to help you know hugely. Um, I think Wolves squad isn't as deep as as we've seen. I think obviously they players. Sorry, they lost. Yeah. Um, was a Markal to injury against Spurs as well? You went off injured, and he's been playing. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's been all right for him as well. Yeah. I just think Pedence and Neto have been the go-to guys. They, yeah. They've been excellent. Pedence for me needs to, you know, needs to add more goals to his game. Uh, I think Silva up front, as, as Polly touched on, is is too young. Um, you know, to you know, we need to see. We'll see more probably next year, hopefully. Um, but he's a big talent, and he came, you know, he came with, with a big name as well. He's, he's done really well over over where he was as well. I just think United will have far too much room. I think Cavani starts. I think United might struggle in the right wing area, um, because Daniel James James is is absolute poisonous. Yeah. Um, he's 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 a skinny version of of uh, of a man you've just touched on regards Torre. Just that typical English ringer, loads of pace, uh, runs down the wing, and, and absolutely, yeah, hundred percent, yeah, yeah, a pure gash. They were trying um, to bid. They were, they were trying to bid him off in the uh, summer. That's what makes me laugh. They tried to bid him off in the yeah. summer. So I do think sometimes with James, is it a confidence thing? Because he knows think, he probably knows he's not wanted there. Yeah, yeah I, I just think I just think he's far too young, and I think he, he's one needs allowing somewhere to, you know to to progress a bit more as well. He did a good few games when he started, and then he burned out a bit. I think he needs a good a good stint on a, a, a allowing somewhere just to get you know to to fire him up a bit. Yeah. Uh, I think Wan goes straight in for Lindelof tomorrow, uh, so that means Boy McGuire and probably Shaw at, at left full, um, McTominay and Fred. <laughs> That's interesting you've touched on that back four guard because we've spoke about Wolves attack. Can that Wolves attack, can it, it, an attack line of Podence, Neto and Adama Triore, they could cause more that to that Man U back, back four. Yeah, they could That'd do, yeah. Really Especially with Shaw. Yeah. You, you target you know, that side all day, wouldn't you? That left side yeah. between him and McGuire all day long. And um, if you have we've been critical of him that he's a you know he's like Akin Fenway. If Akin Fenway could run, he's just all bulk and muscle, isn't he? Physique, yeah, but yeah. he, he is quick and he will cause problems. He causes robo problems whenever he plays him. You know, it is going to be a threat for them, isn't it? Down the, the, the there's, there's going to be a lot of covering from Boy tomorrow, I would imagine yeah. in 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 that game yeah, hugely. Yeah, he's going to have to cover Maguire because Maguire turns like a like a like a, a, a bus at times. Yeah. Um, so that we, and that's probably half the reason, you know, he, he's there as well at times because he knows, boy, he's got pace to cover him. 
but his hammers are going about two minutes anyway at times. So, yeah. um, but you know they've got Wambasak as well. He was it was it was not a bad player defensively. He just isn't for me. Doesn't give you a lot going forward at times. Uh, the two centre mids, there's go to aren't they? Uh, McTominay and Fred. And give yeah. McTominay a bit of credit. I don't oh, like giving yeah. you know, players credit, but he's been really good for them. Yeah, um, he's done well. Yeah, he's done all right. Fernandez will sit, will play in that role in front of him. Uh, I think Rashford stays on the left side. I think you might see um, Cavani start up top. Wouldn't surprise me if Martial goes out to the right hand side. Yeah, be interesting to see what he goes with in that sense. Because we touched on Pogba there, but you can't see him playing Pogba in a game like this, you know. And he's going to look, he's going to want that stability, isn't he? At the the two yeah. players sitting in that midfield. He's going, he's, going want, he's going to want Pogba as his bench option if it's either yeah. going well to yeah. keep on the ball, or if it's not going well, he he you know he has got a goal or he has got an assist in him. So you know it's not I a bad. Can't, I can't have. see him starting as a right winger because yeah. that no. you know no. he, you know you're, he, he, he's going to really upset the shape for staying if he does that. Um, and the, the trees have touched on already with, with the, the way they're going to attack. They're going to play two holding midfielders. They're going to need a bit of cover with all the pace that's going to be up in that front three tomorrow. I mean. I don't like giving Solskjaer credit either, but the difference between him and Lampard is Lampard is playing his favourite mount and trying to fit him in. Yeah. You know, fair play, fair play to Solskjaer. He's not playing Pompa. And it's yeah. everyone knows if you don't play Pompa, it's big news. But he's just going, I'm not playing him because the system I've got works and it works with him coming on as a sub. And, you know, fair play to him, you know, because that's not, not the easiest decision to make just to drop Pompa because obviously you know it causes headlines. If you don't win... That's the headline, you know, but he's took that on board and gone, well, no, this is a team I'm, and I'm sticking to it. So, like, you know, if Solskjaer does eventually go, go go playing your principles, go playing the way you want to play. Don't go pandering to certain players. So, you know, credit where credit's due. And in fairness to form guide, you know, I think they're top of the form guide after the six, last yeah. six, seven games. You know, yes, some fixtures have been kind, but to be fair, we've had kind fixtures in the last couple of weeks and uh, haven't got the job done. So, you know, he could have beat what's in front of you and he's got it done. So, you know. They, I will give, give credit credit. Home, their home record has been poor. Two wins. Their performances have been absolutely dire. I'm actually going for a two-all draw in this one. I think I think Wolves get at United. I really think they can get at them and cause some serious trouble with the the weaknesses Man U have. I think play to the strengths that that Wolves have. I think it's I think it's a game that will have goals in it, and I think that could be there. That could be a, a two-wall draw route all over it. I didn't get Gar's prediction on that, but he's had to go and get charged. So we'll be back soon enough. He'll bring him back <laughs> in when it's ready. Uh, Schoolboy era there, but we missed our brain. Um, we we'll move on to the next game, lads. Um, it's a, the second one on our uh, our syndicate, and it's Spurs at home to Fulham. Now, I'm going to run through the, the, the predictions in the... Colossus bets in the kit. So we've got over home win, which again must be a bleeding the hiding for Spurs station now. We have a 3 1 win, we have a 2 1 win, then we have a one all draw, we have an other draw, 2 2 or above, and then we have a 2 1 win to Fulham. So it's not a, a it's not a, a a full house of, of Spurs wins here. Chris, we'll stick with you on this. How do you see Fulham and Spurs going? It should be, in theory, routine Spurs win. Now, yeah. my thing, my thing is, he plays one way. We all know how he plays, and I think he got stung at Leicester by playing that way. I do wonder: is this the game where you see him? Are you going to tweak? It's like are you actually going to start, like say, a Bergvine and a Mora? You know, yeah. because politely, I know we drew with them, but you should be beating Fulham at home. 
yeah. you know, they should have too much of Fulham. As good as Fulham have been, you know, they've, they have improved, they have strengthened up, you know, the uh, uh, Scandinavian centre back they've got whose name escapes me now. Yeah, he counted. Yeah, he's given them what they need a leader and he's, you know, organi- organising them better. You know, they've still got dangerous men in the break, break like uh, Luckman, you know, and the best thing they've done is, put, is keep Mitrovic out of starting the lineup because it yeah. doesn't, because he slows them down. You know, yes, he's a goal scorer. Yes, he could be a handful, but I think he, I think Mitrovic needs to go back to being a bit like the Andy Carroll. You yeah. throw him on as the plan B. I don't think you start off at the moment. I think it's, he's been found in the Premier League. It's just not quite right for him. Certainly not in the way Fulham want to play. But I just think they should, they should win really. You know, with the firepower they got, Kane, Son, you know, Hoiberg, you know, should dominate their midfield. I think he's been probably one of the signs of the season, Hoiberg. You know, he is a Mourinho player, you know, and he's getting a tune out of the Endombele, who, you know, last year looked a shadow of the player we, we saw in France. Now we're starting to see the player we saw in France, you know, and, you know, the physique and the, you know, technique he's got, you know, if he gets, if he keeps this pressure on, he's going to be a scary prospect. Yeah. Um, but the Spurs, probably the last couple of weeks, a bit like Chelsea, a bit hot and cold. Um, but I, I would still expect Spurs to win comfortably at home, probably. 2-0, 3-0, Kane will probably fall over, fall over, land on someone's head and get a penalty for it. You know, one of those. Oh, yeah. Model to get a penalty, isn't he? So what score are you going on? Opinion to a score, Chris. What are we going on? 2-0. 2-0 Spurs. Okay. Um, Paul, Spurs and Fulham, can you see any sort of an upset around here? Oh, Chris just took me score. That's <laughs> well, should we um, certainly call? Uh, exactly, exactly, yes. I'll take do not disturb off my phone now. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with what Chris has just said. I think, uh, you know, on paper, this is a routine Spurs win. I don't think you can kind of underestimate the absence of Scott Parker because he's, I think, he is he still going to be isolating? Because I think... 10 days, I'm so sure. I think he will be, won't he? Yeah, but apparently he's been getting tests and they've all been coming back negative. So even oh, okay. though his family member has has tested positive, he's testing negative. So it's like, well, if he's testing negative, then he's probably going to be safe to return. So I think a lot hangs on that because I do think they play for him. I do yeah. think they like him as a manager. And, uh, you know, as I say, I mean, how can you not like a manager when if you get back and tracks to your team talks done by the streets every week, then I'm mm-hmm. all in. Do you know what I mean? They are genius. Oh, fantastic, mate. Absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, the, the don't mug yourself one's my favourite. Uh, but the, the, the uh, <laughs> just the way he starts it, it's just so good. Um, but anyway, I, I do think Fulham are much improved and I do think they could cause Spurs the odd issue, especially like wide, because I think Bobby Reed is is looking good. Um, I think, uh, is it is it is it Ferreira, the other guy? Yeah. What does the, 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 the guy who was missing penalties left, right, and centre? Cavalero, Cavalero, that's it. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, insert random Portuguese name right here. <laughs> um, basically, yeah, I think if he if he gets his shooting boots on, you know, he's going to be able to to get a few for them. But I think with the way Spurs set up. They're just going to keep it tight first and foremost. And any team that does that against Fulham, Fulham's always going to struggle against. So, you know, for me, I think it might be a slightly changed Spurs team, as as, as Chris is saying, um, especially like especially in midfield. Uh, but I, I, I see Spurs just having far too much for them. And I don't think Mourinho is going to tolerate another negative result, especially at home against the team as low down the table as Fulham. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. 
So yeah. I'm probably going to go for a 2-0 a win, as Chris did. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting game. I think you touched on something there um, about Scott Parker and players playing for him. When you look at the Fulham team, I think they were probably always better than their results were, were shown early on. I mean, Jokey Manderson has been a good player. Uh, Ariola, the goalkeeper, from came from PSG, has a bit of pedigree about him. He's, he's named after a nipple, but we'll let him away with that. I was going to say he's the tits, but I'm not yeah, going to Yeah, <laughs> no, we wouldn't do that. We wouldn't dream of that on this show. <laughs> but, but their defence is looking a bit more solid. You know, they've, they've Anderson, Aina and Adaraboyo Ad- uh, are good in there. They've, and, um, Andre Zambo Anguisa has been very good in the midfield for them. He, he looked a fish out of water when they signed him a couple of years ago, but they, it was a mess. Fulham were a mess. They don't do much. And he never settled in, but he's looking good this season. And you're right, Cavaliero and Luckman up front, it's a different proposition than what you get with with Mitrovic because we've seen it even at Liverpool. If you have a player in there, let's say an Andy Carroll type of player, the, the mindset is you just hit the high ball and the long ball in and you fall into that trap. But sometimes it'll come off for you, but then you it becomes your plan and you know, you don't really want that. Whereas Luckman and that Cavaliero, Cavaliero's a big enough lad, but he's he's quick and he's tricky, you know what I mean? So it, I don't think it's as routine as as it should be. Now I'm gonna go for a I'm gonna go for a two one win to Spurs. I think Spurs will have too much at home and they're not on a great run themselves. So I think that'll go, you know, Marino will make sure to get something. But I don't think it'll be as as clear cut as not, I'm not saying as you expect, but as, as some people might be thinking, this one is. I think it could be a tricky one. Before we move on to the the big one, Liverpool Newcastle, um, hit the like button. Anyone that's watching, there's 230 odd watching. We have about 96 likes. Or up to over 100 now. If you're watching the show and you enjoy what we do, hit the like button. It doesn't cost you anything and it does help our show. It helps us reach more people and increase our audience. You know, so it's all we ask. Hit the like button if you like what we do. Even if you don't like what we do, hit the like button. It's not going to cost anything. So, do you know what I mean? What's what's the harm in it? But look, we'll move on to the final game of the of the calendar, and it is ourselves away to Newcastle. Uh, I'm going to give you the predictions on the Colossus bet. We've got two one home win. We've got two nil home win. We've got another draw which is 2-2 two, two or above. We've got a 2-1 away win, 3-0 away win, 3-1 away win, or other away win. It's interesting, this game, because, you know, we, we can't take games for granted. Right? We, we know that. We cannot take uh, anything for granted at the moment. But can you see a, a, a Liverpool, Liverpool not doing the business on this? And Paul, I'll start with you. On the back of that performance yesterday, how do you see us going in this game? I mean, it's still kind of difficult to kind of get last night out of our system, really, because it was just so infuriating. And, you know, I'm not going to go over what you guys have probably already very ably done in previous editions of the show. The one thing that really does my head in is when we basically step on a rake ourselves we are our own worst enemy sometimes and quite frankly you know we did the show last week the three of us together uh we were talking about the other contenders i mean i didn't want to be too pithy about that last week but my my honest opinion is that i think liverpool's biggest contenders this year are liverpool yeah 
I think we are we are in in a battle against ourselves, and it was just frustrating to see that second half performance because you know it just kind of it smacked of a little bit of complacency to me, and it, it was a bit it was a little bit worrying. You know, you could sense the tone was all right. Well, how, how many is this going to be? Um, and I think Klopp's words against Palace about the old German saying about you know it's better to win seven games 1-0 than win one game seven. And they came back to haunt us a little bit. Um, I think you'll see a reaction in this game. I think the starting lineup's going to be interesting because I've yeah. been seeing quite a few rumblings of Thiago being dropped in there. Um, I don't think they'll do that. I don't think they'll start him straight away. No. I think they might just bring him off the bench uh, and try and ease him back in because it's been such a long time for him. Uh, but I definitely think you'll see a reaction because you could see after the West Brom game, you know, the players themselves were almost as annoyed as we were, which is exactly what you want to see in those yeah. situations. Um, I mean, for, for Newcastle, I mean, they are bottom of every attacking statistic you can probably find on Opta. Uh, I don't think they're set up in a way where they're going to try and do us too much damage. I think it might just be like try and nick one from a set piece or on the break, you know, the classic thing. Um, I think uh, I think Callum Wilson's been great for them. I think he's done really, really well. Uh, but I think he's genuinely their only outlet otherwise. Yeah. Um, and he's a sneaky really... cheating fucker as well, isn't he? Because oh, he's getting yeah. loads of penals by, you know, diving into players. You know, Kane mm-hmm. takes the height, the the headlines from anyone that's not really on the English bandwagon or sports bandwagon, mm. but for, for backing in and winning panels. But Callum Wilson is sneaky under the radar doing that as well in, in the whole game. So be a bit of a worry in the in the game tomorrow if he starts that carry on. Yeah. Oh, sorry, on Wednesday. Yeah, totally. Especially, I mean, I mean, God knows what our back four is going to look like. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, we're we're running on fumes now and, you know, I'm seeing rumblings online that apparently Matip's season's done now as well. Yeah, uh, they took their injury and they're saying six to eight weeks and six to eight weeks, I'm assuming that's for a normal person. I'm assuming for Matip that that's going to be a lot longer. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, defensively, it's going to be interesting. I think, I think you might see Nat Phillips, to be honest. I think you might I'm see I'm glad him. you said that. Yeah, I'm glad you've said that because... I was going to ask you, how do you think the back four lines up? What do you think it's going to be? Obviously, Nat Phillips in with the other three boys, is it? Yeah, I think that that's going to be the, the most sensible, common sense way forward. Because, again, I think you're going to need someone, like you were saying with Callum Wilson, you're going to need someone with a little bit more experience and a little bit more game experience yeah, and intelligence. A bit more, and a bit more Yeah, exactly. The exact word is now. And I think Reese Williams is a fantastic prospect and I think he's got sh- just tons of potential. Yeah. But Nat Phillips has got that experience from the Bundesliga yeah. and uh, or Bundesliga B as it was when he played there. But, you know, he's got lots of first-team experience and he is that nuts and bolts old school centre-off. So I wouldn't be surprised if he does play because that will probably help with the Callum Wilson situation. Um but I mean, God knows, God knows what it's going to be like for us in a month's time. Because like I'm hearing rumblings that we're not signing anyone in January, and we've got one fit centre half, and he's actually a defensive midfielder. So I mean, that that's my only real concern from the game, to be quite honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard those rumblings as well, but I think that's sort of been coming out before Matip's breakdown, and I think that has to have changed the thinking because you're right. 
we we have fit centre backs, but it's not Phillips and it's Reese Williams, and you know they're 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 not ready to be playing every game. Now I know, you, and some people say, oh no, you're old enough, you go in there. If you're good enough, it doesn't matter. You go in, you gain your experience from playing. But the reality is. You want to drip these lads in if you can. And realistically, Nat Phillips isn't the one that gets dripped in. He's the one we would have sold. Reese Williams would have been ideally the fifth choice centre back. But by, by persisting with these three lads now, if, if Matip is crocked, you're putting so much pressure on Fabinho because Fabinho is essentially doing the walk of two. And if he breaks down, we're in big, big trouble now. Mm. It will be interesting. I think we do business in the January, but I don't think it'll be a big sign and I think it'll be a loan or a free sign because I don't think we're going to get any of our main targets in January. If you look at Kanate or Upamecano at Leipzig, sure, we're playing them in the Blade Champions League. They're going to sell us one of their centre-backs. Do you know what I mean? Other players are all going to be not cup-tied, but they'll be tied up in, in teams that will not let them go. Alaba, for mm-hmm. example. So I wouldn't be surprised to see us bringing in a short term, but it's not going to be a fancy name. But it's interesting you do say Phillips for the, the back four, because I agree with you on that. I think Williams has been very good, but I do think maybe that little bit more of Grizzly centre-back up against Callum Wilson, Joel, Joe Ellington maybe, if he starts, or that little shite boy Gale who's caused those problems before. It'll be interesting what they do there. But yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, Chris, what about yourself? I know, come back to you. We'll, do, we'll get a prediction now in a sec, Paul. Uh, Chris, how do you see this one? Um, I, I think it's obviously... People are a bit more anxious now because of what happened um, against uh, West Brom, which, look, you know, drawing home to West Brom is never a good thing. Um, obviously, you've seen my Twitter light up over the last 24 hours because um, I generally I can't be arsed with the part of my life with the fucking hyperbole of if we win a game, it's the greatest team in the world's ever seen. We draw a game. By the way, we drew. We didn't lose. We yeah. draw. We get a disappointing draw, which. And it's like, it's the shittest team you've ever seen and it's a disgrace. And my point on social media was the midfield we played, which is Henderson, Genie and Jones, that's played 90% of the season and got us to first. And I was going, yeah. oh yeah, but you're saying Thiago walked to the side. And going, that's not the point. The point is Thiago isn't available. You know, he might be available at the weekend, but he's not available. And that side has done it. And people say he hasn't done it against low block. Last time I checked... Tottenham is a low-block side who looks to play in the counter. West Brom, low-block side, looks to play in the counter. Leicester, low-block side, looks to play in the counter. It can be done with them. They all just had a shit game. Do you know what? It happens. And I do think, I, I do wonder if there's a bit of a mental fatigue because the lack of rotation options is we can't just take a lad out who's having a bit of a mare. You know, I know everyone said that, uh, I heard, heard Sean saying, why was Ox brought on so late? I think my gut feeling is Ox brought on so late is he's been out for four months and I bet he's only got 20 minutes in him at the yeah. uh, for that type of game, either starting where he has a 20 minute run and maybe with Milner and Shakira because they've been out for a while that maybe they're not quite ready for that type of game. Um, I mean, I'll give him cre- credit because it online. I think it's a guy called Anfield effect. He just did it. What I, what he thought his team might be. And in fairness, it was pretty similar to what Paul said. It probably Phillips at the back midfield wise, Henderson, Genie, and he, he's going to start Chamberlain just to give us a runner. And so a bit of a shot from distance, give him 45 minutes, give an hour. I mean, you've got a Jones or a Milner, to throw on, it gives you something different. And then yeah. up front, he said Salah Bobby. And the the surprise was, when he, after I thought about it, it wasn't a bad day, it was let's throw Minamino back in left left yeah. wing again. He did a good job at Palace. He's got his goal. It then gives Manny a rest, who's been in and out of form. But what was cr- we were crying out for against West Brom was, we were crying out for Jota to be thrown on. Mm. I know a, pe- a different pace option just to chip people up with half an hour to go. We didn't have one. 
you know, because Shakira wasn't quite ready. Throwing Manuel with half an hour to go against tired legs would be the my biggest nightmare if I was a Newcastle defender. The last thing you want to see is Sadio Mane coming on. Politely, have you seen Divacarigi coming on? You go, yeah. he's a big burly lad. I know what he's going to do. No one knows how to mark Mane because he's a nightmare to mark. And, so and he's he angry as well. That he's, he's angry as well. And it'd be even more pissed off. So, you know, and we saw with Salah. I know we were already 5-0, but Salah, when he came on off the bench, wanted to show what he could do. And I think sometimes, I think that's what we need. And actually, I think for the squad, it will be a bit of a wake-up call to go, Oh, Sadio's on the bench. One of your star men is on the bench because we shit against West Brom. Jones and Furnison, he didn't have a good game, but I do think for a 19-year-old, you've got to drift him in and take him out. And exactly. I think Jones learned something a bit more from sitting and watching the game and watching a Henderson and watching Chico. Look, this is where they don't hold on to the ball too much. This is when they play it. And do you know what? He seems like quite a receptive lad. I know he's cocky. Uh, I think you need that. But I think he's quite receptive. I think he'll pick up from it. In terms of Phillips, I just think... Wilson's very physical and it was like when we played West Ham and they played Haller up front. I think yeah. it, that suits Phillips's game. Whereas I think when we play Southampton, it'll suit Bruce Williams' game more because there's more pace in the... Um, it's more pace in Southampton's game. I yeah. think that suits him better. So that's what I that's what I would go with. Uh, but I, I don't think it's... Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a nice game to watch. This. It's going to be horrible. Yeah. Because uh, well, the, the way our season's gone at the moment is we actually make the difficult... The supposed difficult games look quite routine and it's these sort of games... We're just struggling a bit to get it over the line. I don't know if it's like a crowd, I don't know if it's a bit of um, overconfidence, or, you know, it's just, it's hard to say, it's just easier to focus for a big game. And it always has been, you know, and I think Klopp's just trying to get the balance right. You know, I've heard the Thiago rumours, you know, if he's fit and he's on the bench, great. If he's fit enough to start and you get an hour out of him, then you start him instead of Chamberlain because it just gives you a completely different dimension. I'd be surprised after two and a half months out if he's ready for starts. But then again, he starts he started the derby after one session and half a game against Chelsea. So well, you know, he, he's he built in to do Chelsea that. game after you know one training nope. session as well. You know, so I suppose look, it's interesting. I I agree with something you've said there. I think Chamberlain starts this. I think. Klopp's done a lot of talking about Chamberlain recently and I think the thinking was maybe this would be a game to give him a run out and I think Thiago could be on the bench with, you know, a half an hour in his legs maybe, um, mm. which is interesting. But I do agree as well with Minamino coming in, you know, maybe having to use the squad a bit more. But it'll be interesting to see. Paul, do you see any uh, any changes in the front three um, on Wednesday night or do you think it'll be the tried and, the tried and tested it's an interesting question that, and I see exactly what you're talking about with, like, say, bringing Mane on for like half an hour, like angry Mane because he's not started and he's got a point to prove. And again, like, like you guys rightly said, the worst case scenario in the Palace game for Palace was taking Mane off and here comes Salah and it's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, I totally get that. I think the rest, the eight days rest we've had, prior to last night's game, I think we'll play a part. I, I actually would expect the front three to start because I think we are going to go looking for a bit of a reaction. I wouldn't be surprised if Ox also starts. So I think like the midfield, you could be looking at Ginny, Hendo, and you could be looking at Ox as well as a three. And I think they're going to go maybe a little bit more attacking and I think they're going to go hunting a little bit. And then depending upon how it goes, if they've got the game sewn up after an hour, I think they bring Thiago on and get some miles in his legs. So, yeah, for me, I think you're right. I think Ox starts. I think they've been trying to talk him up a lot. 
and let's not forget, you know, he's been incredibly unfortunate with injuries. And if you think about the player that he was up until that Roma injury, I mean, he was just, he was phenomenal. And we could really do with that, that kind of form again, if we can get that out of him. I know, I know we got, I know we got knocked out, but even more recently, Atletico Madrid at home. He was, him and Gene were star men. And so I know people saying like, oh, he hasn't been safe since the Roma game. We we saw against Madrid. That's the level he can get to. It's whether he can maintain that level with his with his body, you know. And unfortunately, you know, I know. I think myself and Grizz have had similar sort of conversations. We know these players don't mean to get injured. We know that, but it's unfortunate at the moment with with the likes of Naby, the likes of Chamberlain, the likes of Matip. They always get injured when you need them most. If Ch- if Chamberlain was injured, but the rest of the squad was the rest of the midfield was fit, politely, nobody care. No one cares when players are injured. When you when you're well stocked, it's unfortunate for us. They, our key players are getting injured when we probably could do do with one more, which is probably what we're seeing in the squad. I mean, the good thing with Thiago is if he is fit for half an hour, I think whether we're winning or losing, I think you throw him on. I think if you're losing or drawing, maybe you know he's that little bit of different guile that you just need that we've seen in one and a half games. He could pick a pass out of a, a very very deep line defense, which the likes of Manny and Salah will just dream of you know they would be used to stuff like that they haven't seen stuff like that for a while so I mean on the Liverpool centre-back situation look Keith's known me long enough you know I'm, I'm fairly content with the owners really, you know content with most things in Liverpool because of where we are if they don't sign a centre-back um, just to be clear to everyone that is an FSG saying to Klopp you can't have a centre-back that is Klopp saying he doesn't want one yeah. as well and the club agreeing to it and if that's the case all I would say is I am not. I am not listening to any bollocks or bullshit from the manager or the press to say, "Oh yeah, well they haven't got any centre backs. You've got a. You've got January. This is your chance to use it." I know we like to plan ahead, but if we're as organised and as planning ahead as we we are, every club has contingency plans. Every club has a way of finding it. And if it is like we find a Clavin, we find the next Clavin who's literally brought in for six months on a cheap deal just to be like a, a bit more of an experienced, uh, like a more experienced Nat Phillips. Sound. Do it. Do it and then get your main guy. Because my thing, my thinking at the moment with Liverpool is we have not yet heard any updates on Joe Gomez. Yeah. It's worrying. We've now, we've now heard lots of, we've now heard lots on Verge. Um, I think people get a bit overexcited with the videos. Oh, look, he's walking, he's doing this. From what I've read, a lot of stuff he's doing at the moment is pretty normal. If we get Virgil back this season, you're talking late April, early May, if you're lucky. My concern with Gomez is the type of knee injury it is. I've read it up on like basketball, and that said, it's a lot. It's a. It's probably worse than an ACL to get this. You may see Joe Gomez not not even ready for preseason. You you may see Joe Gomez like you know October November time for his ready. If that's the case, you then got a Van Dyke coming back who we all have seen with ACLs, it takes time to find your ability yeah, way back. So Fabino's got to play centre-back probably quite a bit next season as well while we're nursing Van Dyke into situation. We can't then still be having nursing a, a, a matchup as well. So actually probably get a heart, a, even get a stopgap. The stopgap may be here for 18 months while we get the main guy we wanted in the summer because you could have a situation where you're going to have to go with Van Dyke, Fabino, the stopgap and then other in the summer because I think that's what's going to happen. I sadly think for Gomez, He's just really, I think the poor lad is really lucky. The fact the club aren't seeing anything yeah. is, is a mild concern because this is not like the Thiago being lied to. You know, with certain injuries, you know, you probably hamstring, you know, it's four weeks. You know, 
uh, Matip Poland is growing, you know it's a it's a four to eight week job because everyone knows that we've all watched football. We know that ACLs, you know it's a year. So the middle ones, you, that's why you keep them a bit quiet because you don't want teams to know when he's coming. Nothing's been said of Gomez, and I think the most telling thing I'll be intrigued to what they do with the squad in January when they announce the squad lists. Yeah, because it wouldn't he, surprise me if Joe Gomez is taken is taken out. I think Van Dyke might be put in because the talk is is touch and go for May. Which fair, look, if you if you're still in the competition in May and you've got Van Dyke as an option, you know why not? But I think if, I think the telling signs going to be if Gomez isn't available, and I I've just got the feeling that if the club don't bring anyone in, it's their decision. But you wear you you wear that decision and you front it up. And I'm and I'm not having any of this bollocks of people blaming the owner and saying, oh. Klopp wanted it. And there would, there'll be the clickbait dickheads who said, yeah. well, Klopp told me he wanted Koulibaly, but the owner said, no, also bollocks. It's a, it's a it's a consensus. So whoever we don't sign is on Klopp and the club. And if we do sign, is on Klopp and the club. It's a, it's a joint venture. I'm sick of people just going to, the, oh, it's the owner's fault because we sign a player that you don't like or don't sign a player. So yeah. that, anyway, that's my little rant. Sorry. No worries. Gar, I'll bring you back in. Thanks for joining us again. Um, we're just talking about the makeup of the team and any surprises and, and we feel that Ox could get a game. And Kieran Thorne's thrown in a super chat there. Ox has been back in a variation of training for four weeks. He is the one player I wish we could keep fit. We don't have another midfielder like him. Can you see the Ox starting this game on Wednesday for Liverpool or do you think he may be coming off the bench again? Or how do you think we line up? Yeah, I think he's... he's if from the training pictures he's he's really been intense he's you've seen him in most of the squad pictures so generally it's a bit of a sign i wouldn't be surprised if jones is is uh is i don't know if you spoke about it but i wouldn't be surprised if he was dropped uh you know the you know the lead up to the goal etc we can go on and go on about it but, but players are made but players make mistakes in every game um lads so it, it's just something that happened and obviously unrivaling to an equalizer during like um I think I wouldn't be surprised to see Ox start if these are going to sit back in two bags of four. Um, they will come out and play. Look, you know Newcastle do do that. To be fair, um, if they're if they're doing, if Bruce is dying to get a point, I think there'll be gaps there tomorrow. I, I, I see a win all day long there. Um, I think Ox starts. It wouldn't surprise me, Keith, just to get the bottom run at them a bit and you know upset their midfield shape a bit and uh, to to move their for their centre halves around a bit more as well because you'll see more obviously movement from their front three as well. And do you see anything happening in the front three? Do you think it's the same boys or can you see Shakiri and Minamino coming in there? Gar? I wouldn't be surprised if Minamino come in. That's to be honest with you. Um, he comes in. I was surprised not to see him come on the other night. To be fair, um, I wouldn't be surprised if one of the lads is is uh, you know put on the bench room. To be honest with you, because obviously he got his goal the other day. He played in that front three as well. Um, we're in that business of resting players and, and bringing players in. Now, uh, the front three weren't great the other night. You know, we, we've touched on that many a time over the last couple of days. Um, but who comes out? That's the other thing, I suppose. Is is Bobby rested? Um, mm. because the other two are a little bit of a rest well we were saying before you jump back in there that it could be Mane maybe takes this mm. one out and you throw yeah. Mane yeah. on you know after an hour if you need goals but look it'll be interesting to see what he does boys I'll get you our predictions on this one and I'm going to start on this right because I don't want to jump in and say after the event I think we're going to hammer Newcastle and I know that sounds a bit like oh we've been shy the one thing we've seen on that clock is we get reactions we were brutal yeah yesterday make no mistake about make no bones about that we were absolute poison yesterday i think we get a reaction tomorrow i think we'll win 4-1 but paul 
I'll come to you. What do you think? I think I agree with you. I think there's going to be a reaction for sure. I think it's going to be very positive. And I, while I don't think we'll win 4-1, I definitely think we're going to do a 3-1 for sure. I'm an optimist, you see. I always go that little bit. <laughs> little bit over and above. Chris, what about yourself? When your entire life is online, you need more than just speed from your internet. Xfinity gives you reliable in-home Wi-Fi coverage, plus protection from Wi-Fi network threats. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Uh, I've got 3-1 as well. I think Salah, Bobby, and I think Trent finally gets a free kick to come off. You two get a room, will you? He's trying, but he won't return his call. Ghosting him. Ghosting him on the He's just playing hard to get. <laughs> but look, yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> but, um, three, so three, couple of three ones there, lads. And look, it's, oh, I think it's going to be a win. Gar, what about you? I think I said three won the group the other day. I'm going for a reaction. I'm going to change. I'm not going to follow the two lads here. I'm going to go three nil. Good lad. Three nil. Nice. So we all think there's going to be a, a reaction from Liverpool. And I don't think it's, it's ridiculous to think that. You know what I mean? I think we've always constantly shown that we can we can do it when we need. Very quickly, before we finish up there, lads, there's a lot of talk in the chat there. I'm just being looking at it about potential centre-backs. Is there any names that you think could get thrown into the mix in January? Realistic ones. Um, Paul, is there any names you're hearing now you're thinking that you might be an option? Because there's a few getting thrown in there. There's some interesting ones. There's a lot of wild things going on, but I think we've got to be very, very clear about this and very, very calm about it because, as Chris was alluding to earlier, all major clubs, and Liverpool in particular, because we know about the guy who only works on Fridays, right? There's a strategy and there's long-term planning and there's like such a thing as like succession planning as well. Like they're already looking at the replacements for like Van Dyke and everyone else, like the long, long-term replacements. So I don't think Liverpool will panic. I don't think they'll knee-jerk and bring like a Stephen Colker in or anything like that. Uh, I think they'll be very, very measured and... I think it'll be one of those where we'll wake up on a Friday morning and there's a guy standing there in a Liverpool shirt and we'll go, huh, interesting. Okay, well, okay, yeah, I can run with that. Personally, I, I don't think it's not going to be Cooler Bally. It's not going to be Up in Meccano. It's not going to be, frankly, 99% of the names mentioned. I mean, there was some wild talk going on in my WhatsApp group before about like you know people like Rudiger and yeah. you know, people like that. And it's like Tarkovsky yeah. and all that. And it's like, yeah. no one's going to sell them to us in the middle of a season, especially another Premier League team. It's not going to happen. But, you know, for me, I think the only name who's realistic it was, it was, it was possibly going to be there is going to be Ozan Kabak from Schalke. Yeah. I think he's the only one. I think they've been lining him up for a while. I think we've also got to be very careful about Schalke in the respect of we don't judge a player by the entire team's form. If we did that previously, we wouldn't have the best left back in the world in Andy Robertson. So I think it's important to separate the player from the rest of the team and what his capabilities are and what the club clearly think he can do. I think it's of his antics, though, isn't it, that he's been involved in on the pitch that people don't like. And now listen, this is where the club assigned Suarez. So, you know, we can't be all the, we can't, we can't let's, let's be clear. We can't be acting white. We can't have like, you know, white in the white, you know, we don't sign that. We don't sign like players who, who got a bit of a nasty streak to him. But 
you know, he is a guy who's apparently spattered up, spattered another another yeah. footballer, which is not really a headline you want because to be honest, that'll be the first headline we get. Now, look, Klopp may not give a shit about that, but that's the only thing. There, the, the few times I've seen him, he just looks like Dejan too. Which, yeah. you know, Dejan look, he had his good days for us. He had he had his Dejan days for us. You know, maybe he take the rough of the smooth. With him, I don't know. I mean, the other ones I've seen while is um, the guy who's come back from an ACL. Is it oh, the Argentinian who's about forty five years? Yeah, he's about fifty. He's about fifty years old. He's. I think. So, I think he makes sense to be honest. Yeah, he could be Artiago Silva. Yeah, you know, but maybe that's what we need. But someone like him will be all right. As in, you could get, offer him a six month deal. Yeah, and then it yeah, doesn't impact. But then we don't. And then we don't worry about what we do in the future because we're like, well, we've got we've got him for six months. He's there, and then when Matip's back in June, you know. It's just then another. It's just then another option. So maybe I mean okay, I can never see Liverpool signing two. I'd love to sign it. Listen, I'd love Liverpool to find a way of cloning a twenty-five-year-old Sammy Hippier because that's probably what we need. But I don't know who the twenty-five-year-old Sammy Hippier of, of today is. To be honest, probably Vestergaard. But Southampton aren't selling him. It's interesting. Ozan Kabak, he's a bit of a gypsy in the sense that I think he's only 21, 22 possibly, but he's played for Galatasaray, then he went to Stuttgart, then he went to Schalke, and now he's been linked with Liverpool. He's spitting that flares. I think that could be an issue with, with Ozan Kabak, but he is still strongly linked. He's linked with Milan as well. It'd be interesting to see if we're just being thrown out there as, you know, two and two equals five. But, Gar. Can you see any any business being done at, at centre back? Is there anyone you'd like to see, or is the that you think they'll do? Uh, you know, the, the obvious one for me is, is Shaw, but I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, yeah. I, think I think he, he stays for the rest of the season that way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think he's going to be quite loyal to them. Uh, Botman is the other one that gets thrown about a, a fair bit, but he's going to cost big money. Um, I know where uh, they're they're trying to sell off players well, aren't they? Yeah. Um, at the moment, so you know the boy has isn't the summer. Yeah, has fifty million. No, but, uh, he's he's is that uh, Leon or Leal, is it? Yeah, yeah, no, but say aren't Marseille in a bit of trouble as well? Don't they? Isn't isn't there a sense back there trying to? Yeah, they're trying, players they're trying to. Yeah, that's um. I don't know who uh, the player is. It's your man, the Croatian fella, um, Kalasar. Uh, they were hawking him to West Ham and were giving West Ham ultimatums to make a bid. Now, that to me is a huge red flag <laughs> if you're trying to ship him off to West Ham. Yeah. But a lot of people do rate him very highly. Um, the thing about Botman is he's 20, he's Dutch, he's from the Ajax school. They're in huge financial difficulties. But I think they're at the top of the, the French league, Lille. I mean, it'll be hard to prize them away. And that's the problem is getting anybody in, you know, in this window. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be a big one. Like you look at the names I get linked, right? David Alaba got thrown into the chat. Keith, you, Keith, you, you okay. look at, you, you go for him for one of these lads. You've got that adaption thing as well. Not all of them will adapt. You know, seventy yeah. percent of them lads don't adapt to within within a few months. Yeah. We're gonna look. We, we will always look for something for you know nearly an immediate that in a January. That's not gonna happen when it's end of half if you're buying them from a foreign. Just not gonna happen. It's very yeah. very rare that that happens. That settling in period that someone comes in and will hit the, hit the ground running when they come in. That's usually the summer thing. I don't. I see Klopp being as as his usual self. I think he'll stick with it. That's. I wouldn't be surprised. Good luck for the transfer shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. 
Does anyone, sorry, does anyone know when the Brexit <laughs> rules kick in as well? Because there's going to be absolute murder about that, about work permits and stuff like I that as well, which might I think be it's a after, big problem. I think that's after January, yeah. isn't it? Is I think they January? have a dispensation, I think, for, for this mm-hmm. season. But yeah, that's going to cause all sorts of murder. But that was an interesting point Gar made about the settling. Yeah. I think Chris and Sean, you were both saying last night that Tarkovsky is one that they would bring in. I'm with dead against that. Sean, he seems to think he's got Dejan Rowe all over him and he can go in and do that sort of job. To me, he's too slow. But it could be something that they look at. You know, it might just be a case that, like, Vidic went to Man U in the January. Well, or Virgil came to us and settled in like a glove. But Vidic went to United and everything mm. in the same window and stunk it out for six months. You know, to get a quality centre, even quality centre-backs, it's hard to hit the ground running now. Some of the names getting mentioned, Adar Militao was getting mentioned in there in the chat quite a lot. He's having all sorts of problems at Real Madrid. All sorts of off-the-field stuff. Can't get a lead and sniff of a game. Has a few issues. Homesickness. Like he has it. Has all sorts of problems, so I don't think coming, you know, from Porto to Madrid, and he's homesick. Well, I don't think Liverpool's going to be much of a bleeding benefit to him, to be honest. Um, I don't think he'll settle in. Um, Jules Conde is getting mentioned. Jules Conde. I mean, you'd be doing well to get Jules Conde out of Sevilla in the the January as well, because they're yeah. still in the Champions League as well. So it's going to be really hard. Yeah. To my concern with the um, centre-back situation is, if you look at, I think it's February, we've got Everton at home, away at Leipzig, I think we're at Leicester at home. So if you assume Fabinho's going to play all of them. You've got no Matip. So you're going to have to throw one of the kids in for one of those three games. Look, it could be the making of them. They could become the next Van Dyke, which is what we all hope and pray for. My fear is they drop a bollock because they're inexperienced and that happens. That's the bollock that costs you a game against Everton or the Champions League qualification and they get Adrian. Mm. And I think for a young player, we saw it with, um, I always remember in Sewer, he was one of the most talented young left-backs that we thought. We thought we had a real, finally had a proper left-back. He was overplayed in a, in a struggling side and you never saw him again. He was absolutely bombed out. He went on to have a decent career, but he could have he could have been a useful player for us. Never, he was never going to be like a Robbo, but you know he could have been useful for us. Because he got overplayed, because he had a couple of stinkers against the likes of United and Chelsea, he completely bombed him out in the fans' eyes, and everyone went, "I can't be asked for him now." And he was yeah. like written off at twenty, and that's what I don't want to happen to a Reese Williams because I feel like the lad looks like he's got the tools to be a very good centre back for us, but he's nineteen, which for is a baby for centre backs. That's my only big concern. And look, if Klopp wants to go that route, fair play to him, go down that route. But that's my concern is Reese Williams becomes like a, an Adrian, where everyone goes, "Ah, oh, for fuck's sake, not him." He's, yeah. he's too slow, he's shite. And you're going, I'd rather have Henderson at centre-back. And, we'll let, and you, know, you can see that happening. And then you're going, oh, Jesus Christ. That's I not what we want. Yeah, sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. The thing that they'll look at, I think they'll look at the trade-off between having a young player in there who's already settled, already knows the system, already mm-hmm. knows the way that they play because it's been coming up, they've been coming up through the age groups, like the way a Reese Williams or a Nat Phillips has, already understands his role, knows what to do tactically, got everything set up, has already played a few games, and bringing in a bigger name, which is going to cost money, and then they've got to not only settle into the area, they've got to settle into an area during a the pandemic, they've got to get the mm. family settled under incredibly difficult circumstances, they're in an unfamiliar 
city, an unfamiliar team, they're learning a culture, they're possibly even learning a language in some stakes, and then they've got to learn the Liverpool way of football, and then they've got to sit in and be able to like integrate in with the likes of a Fabinho and then play all these massive games. I, I, honestly, I I see it. I I see a, a, a centre back coming in January. Just when you stack all of that up, I can see Klopp and Michael Edwards going. We'll run with what we've got. Yeah, mm. it, it wouldn't yeah. surprise you. Really, wouldn't. It was surprise. I just wonder with the the massive six eight week thing. Yeah, whether they think that's a risk too. That's a risk too far. No, I might be wrong. I probably am. Normally, I am. Yeah, no, Which no, is no. why I can see the Shawnee the Shawnee uh, Grizz point of maybe you look for someone who plays in in the prem already, just because they don't play like Liverpool. But eh, I can put it. It's a bit easier to settle in if you're moving from London to Liverpool or Newcastle to Liverpool. Use the example of Jota and Minamino. Jota Correct. came from Wolves and hit the ground running. Minamino came from Austria and struggled and to adapt. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's, that's what it is. Now, who, yeah. the, who, which English club is A, going to sell them to us and B, is one that we think is good, is going to be basically better than what we've got. Mm. You know, like Rudiger's been mentioned, which is an experienced German international, but he's, he's just average. So, yeah. is he worth the hassle? Tarkovsky, I think he's a solid enough centre back. He's probably a bit Dejan Lovery, but you're talking fifty million. Birmingham aren't stupid. He's their main centre back. They want fifty million for him. I can't see us spending fifty million in January. I guess what people are saying, I've seen in the chat saying like, "Oh, just pay the extra." You know, you got to pay the extra. I, if he if will quibble over a couple of million, I think we'd all go, oh, "Come on, you know, you need him." But but when clubs are throwing out fifty, sixty, seventy million pounds for players, I think that's where you've got to be a bit like, "Is that also financially sensible?" And people don't like hearing it in a pandemic yeah. because we're one of the few clubs that still got fans. I mean, by all, by all accounts, West Brom were the last game we're going to have fans in, but we've had a little bit of money come in. You know, the rest of the clubs haven't got money. So they're, they're not going to sell off players on the cheap because they'll need the money. Yeah, so it's true. It's I don't a, know what the And we've also got Jota and, and um, Thiago in very, very cheap on upfront yeah. deals, which means those bills are going to come due eventually as well. So that's yeah. going to take a bite out of the budget. But there's a mm. long-term problem with with centre backs, and this goes beyond just Van Dijk and Gomez. And it's, I'm clearly talking about massive here. You know, some of the statistics we've played 15 Premier League games so far this season, and basically he's not been available for seven of them. And it's not a one-off because last season he wasn't available for 22 of Liverpool's 38 league matches, and he only completed 90 minutes on seven occasions. So it's like it, this is a real long-term problem with Matip. Yeah, very true, very true. Well, look, lads, we could talk about this for hours, but I, I promise you I wouldn't keep us longer than an hour and we're coming up to the two-hour mark now. So we, we'll call it a day there. Um, Paul, thanks very much for joining us on this show. Pleasure as always, mate. No worries. Chris, thank Great. you very much for joining us. Cheers for having me, mate. No worries. And Gar, you've you done a half day, but thanks very much for joining us and coming <laughs> back on. Is he frozen? He's, he's just frozen. He's thinking... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's thinking. It was, a crack, it was a cracking point as well. It was. I'd say it was going to be a good one. It was going to be a good one. But look, we'll leave it there. Thanks very much, everyone, for joining us tonight. This has been the, the Friday forecast on a Monday in association with Colossus Bits. And we'll see us all again very, very soon. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network.
Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Sports Social Podcast Network.